Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? Do I have any freaking game? Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome on in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. You can check us out today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM and a Greenville 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And also... Watch the show on Facebook Live or YouTube. And as I look at YouTube right now, it looks like we have the date and the guest from yesterday's show. But that's all right. I can overlook that as long as everyone else can. Clip Rock here, Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, the man of Chan, Chandler Honeycutt. Hello, Chandler. What's up, buddy? We got a good show today. I'm excited for it. Who we got? We got a lot of picking to do. Yes, we do. I love picking. I got to tell you. Uh, We will make some upset picks here in segment number one. We've been doing that this college football season. Myself, CJ Chandler, pick a top 10 upset and a top 25 upset. And I've really enjoyed doing that. You know why? I am unblemished. 4-0. Perfect. Uh Chandler's 3-1. Uh-huh. I'll take that. CJ, two and two, but better weeks ahead. Uh, so we will look at the college football schedule this weekend. What number, uh, what top 10 team will lose and also a top 25 team that'll lose. We will uh, let you know coming up in mere moments. We got a ton of ECU audio to get to. We'll hear from Mike Houston at his weekly press conference. Also, we'll hear from Jack Powers, Jaira Wilson, and who's the third member he talked to yesterday, CJ? Ryan Jones. Ryan Jones, East Carolina tight end. So got that coming up uh, for you on today's program. Also, the voice Jeff Charles will join us. We'll get his thoughts on ECU ODU and Campbell coming to town. Patrick Mason will join us at 4.30 from the Daily Reflector. And Stephen Igo at 5 o'clock. We got college football picks with Igo. We'll have our offensive and defensive MVPs from Saturday, our bird up player of the game, best unit and worst unit, and uh, we'll give out our awards coming up with Igo in the final hour. We are all fixed up on YouTube now. We've got it. Look at this guy. Dude. Look at that. I see the date. I see the name. CJ. Did you do that without even going off the stream? Correct. Wow. This guy. Wow. He's playing at another level what right now. What a bounce back. And for my efforts, if we could, I see six watching now and two likes. If we could, please smash that like button. Thank you, sir. I've already put in the Facebook comments. I don't post in there a lot, but I felt like it was necessary before the show started to let the people know that are entering the classroom, to entering the broadcast stream, to entering the comment section of facebook and or youtube to smash the like and smash the sub so we don't have to tell you yeah and look go ahead and tell you now even if the show stinks you've got to like cj's effort there to update the date and the guest on the fly like that like like it just for that reason and that reason alone because that is like worthy as chris myers would say that deserves a wow 
you know your football team stinks and is in a bad game when chris myers is on the call on fox <laughs> i i like chris myers i don't love him as a play-by-play guy he's done a lot with nascar over the years um doesn't he have the deep voice this is chris myers yeah. not the best voice i do but nah he's got kind of a deep voice i guess but anyway chris myers was on the call for washington jacksonville the other day i miss some voices i miss uh i miss dick stockton i miss um dick enberg miss a lot of dicks apparently you want to listen to every chris myers touchdown call from the 2020 (laughs) no i do not (laughs) no thank you uh Uh, but those guys I miss. Vern Lundquist I miss on Saturdays. Oh, man. 3.30 on CBS. Hey, I got to tell you, I was watching inside the NFL last night uh, because if Washington loses, I sometimes I'll skip the Sunday night game and just get uh, – I watch some Thrones. I watch some other show, catch up on some Datelines. I watch anything that doesn't include a football game. But when Washington wins, I watch every single piece of NFL-related content I can find. So I watched NFL primetime twice yesterday in studio. I watched inside the NFL last night. Had some live calls from the new Panthers play-by-play voice. Is it Anish Sharoff? Yes, Anish Sharoff. Which you were poo-pooing because you were a Mick Mixon fan. I was not. I like Mick Mixon, the color analyst from when I was a kid. I was not a fan of Mick Mixon, the play-by-play voice, but that was your voice, right? Yeah, that was my you voice. You grew up on it? Yes. So you liked it. And I just, I liked the way he painted the picture for fans. He was not the most, he was definitely not the most exciting play-by-play guy. Very monotone voice. Barely kind of got excited even after touchdowns. Um, obviously got excited after big touchdowns for you know big wins and stuff. But really like how uh, Mick Mixon painted the picture for Panthers fans. And you associated his voice with Panthers football uh, and time. good and good Panthers football. Yes, times. absolutely. Um, I I heard some highlights. You didn't listen to the game because you were watching it at tiebreaker Sunday, correct? Yes. Uh, but uh, the highlights. Have you heard the highlights yet? I have Nisha not. I, I thought I, they were good. Oh wow! I need to uh, check it out. I did listen to the pregame show on the way to uh, on, on the way to tiebreakers and listening to Anistroff interview Matt Roll. Felt weird. Matt, Matt Roll just his voice makes me ick anyway, but still kind of weird not hearing Mick Mixon and I just I, I associate Anistroff to a noon game on ESPN for college football. I not on the play by play on the Panthers radio network. I found a Commander stream and I am. Uh, not a huge fan of their play-by-play guy much better than larry michael though i couldn't stand larry michael because i was a uh, big fan of frank herzog the classic touchdown washington redskins from the glory days but uh, i enjoyed their play-by-play for the most part london fletcher uh was the color analyst he was good on it it was good to hear from him so you listened to the highlights of anishroff you said i did did you hear luke keekley he was on the bro- he was in the broadcast but no nah, because they were pretty quick I, I might have and i if i did i didn't know it was him but yeah. it was just uh it was kind of the touchdown calls or okay. whatever mm-hmm. um i didn't like that anishroff went three syllable i didn't like the way he you know okay Chandler, you're good at this. Mike Keith, Titans. Touchdown, Titans! Classic. Absolutely classic. Sack! Um, and Merrill Reese, the great announcer. Touchdown! 
touchdown. No. You always go no. one player. Alshon Jeffrey. He's got the classic voice. Uh, touchdown 49ers. You know, touchdown, you know. And Anisha Roth on one of them went, touchdown Carolina. Oh, Something like that. Uh, and it's set up perfect for like, touchdown Carolina Panthers or something, yeah. you know. And I didn't. I hope he doesn't stick with that. I didn't yeah. like that call. Greg Papa always did. Uh, he does touch touchdown San Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> yeah. So uh, look, that stuff's fun, man. When you have a voice you really like and and can get behind. Uh, but anyway, I just brought that up for no reason at all. I need to find those highlights because I have not listened to them, and I need to. I don't want to judge Anish Roth without getting some some sort of uh, evidence. Well, check those out. You are a uh, Chad says none of these guys are Mike Keith. I agree with that. Keith is a legend. Oh, no, we love Mike Keith around here. We've listened to more Mike Keith. Seventy-five yards, yards, yards. I like when he and doesn't he start counting it down kind of slow? Yeah. Like uh, I have heard more Mike Keith than I ever <laughs> want to hear in my life. He doesn't care about the tight guys. She hates them now. 40, 30, 20, 10, in zone <laughs> touchdown tight Titans. do you know how many times i've heard <laughs> that i've heard that so it many is so times good it gets you so far he's up. the baddest man in the nfl <laughs> mike keith legend um how about this i heard i swear i think i heard a florida state call that was not gene deckerhoff but Touchdown, Tampa Bay! I heard the Bucks call uh, on Inside the NFL the other night. Gene Deckerhoff still doing Bucks games. So, that, uh, I don't know. I'm a weirdo. I like and classic Seattle's, voices. Seattle's guy's pretty good, too. Is it Paul Allen? Touchdown, Seahawks! I think that's uh, Paul Allen is his name, I believe. All right. Enough on, uh, what are we talking about? What are we doing? All right. We got uh, Alex who listened to... Alex said on the Panthers game on the radio... And I guess Anish Sharoff said this, which would be crazy because he did a, a game at ECU, right? He did ECU State. He said all the teams in North Carolina won this weekend, UNC, Wake, State, and App, and Duke, but no mention of us. Wow. You know what? I hate Anish Sharoff. Wow. He is dead to me. That's one way to do it. That's he one way to do it right there. Dead. I heard that the other night he was hanging out at his house and he called us Eastern Carolina. No, don't That's you say that. That's what I heard. Mm i hate him let me catch him scum of the earth all right uh first up for today let's go ahead and get to get the uh in. upset picks all right interesting week here and i'm gonna ask you guys do y'all want me to continue my flawless record or do you want me to put the boys on the table if you know what i'm saying oh lay it down huh do you want a boy lay the boys down do you do you want the boys to lay let down the, let the boys out and lay them down <laughs> it's up to you uh i don't know if i want to see that but it's metaphorically it. it's not going to really happen uh, okay but i am prepared if called upon to let the boys out and to lay let the down. boys out and lay them down two-step two process if i go like this that means bring them out and lay them down <laughs> two-step process Bring them out, lay them down. No. <laughs> please, no. No, please. I'll do it because I'm ready to say not only one, but two top 10 teams will lose this week. Oh, my God. What? And both be upsets. Why would they do that? 
because I'm just that crazy. Because I'm four and up. Because I got a little cushion in my pushing. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> Too late. Cats out of the bag. Already Boys laughed. are out. They're already out. <laughs> are they laying down yet? Cats I, out of the bag. Are you saying Kentucky's going to lose? I'm going to do this. So I, let me go ahead and tell you. This Who is, are you going to choose? This is not going to be one of my picks. Oh, no. This is not. Just relax. I'm sorry. I think I know who you're going to take. I don't know if you know what you know. How do you know what I know and you don't even know what you know? I don't. I think I know what you're going to take. You don't know. Well, that ain't it. Miami is going to lose this week. And you can lock that up and take it to the house. It's probably my favorite game ever. Easiest game I've ever had to pick. Miami's going to lose to Texas A&M. Yeah, I, that's, I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's one of my picks, too. I like Texas A&M, A&M ba- bouncing back. Yeah. Uh, the writing's on the wall there. This is a classic bounce back, Texas A&M. But that's not one of my picks for this segment because I'm going to knock them out, and I'm going to have two top ten teams losing this week. My first one is Oklahoma. Oh, my God. That's it. Oklahoma is going to Lincoln to face Nebraska. Oklahoma, first-year head coach, a little overrated. Their quarterback. Brent Venables. He got an American quarterback. And I'm not talking about the United States of America. I'm talking American Athletic Conference. Right? They got Dylan uh, Dylan Gabriel. He's a good quarterback. But Nebraska has been taken out to pasture. They've been urinated on and all this stuff, and they're not going to take it anymore. Scott Frost out. They get that jolt of an interim coach, a new voice, a new reason to get hyped up, and they are ready to shock the world and beat Oklahoma. So that was my original top ten pick. So that one's going to happen. But the boys are out and on the table – because I got another one. And man, Fresno State. Poor Fresno State the other night. Should have beaten Oregon State. My goodness. So many chances they lose in overtime. But they take on a first-year head coach. A guy named Lincoln Riley. Whose offense is tremendous. And can't be stopped. There is a problem. Their defense stinks. And Fresno can score. And Fresno will score. And they will win this game. 49 to 42 coming up late night on Fox. I'm taking not one, but two top 10 teams to lose this week Oklahoma and USC. Mm. Boys are out. Boys on, are on the table. On the table. Wow. Wow. Who's, uh, Chandler, three and one. All right. So I've got uh, already announced. I'm on, I like Texas, uh, Texas AM on a bounce back at home against the Hurricanes. I'm so not, that is that's your top twenty five pick. Yeah. All right. Do I have to do? See, I don't want. I'm not taking the boys out and putting them on the table today. I don't. I I think I might go with two top twenty fives. You can't, dummy. <laughs> what are you talking about? Every week we pick one top ten team and one top twenty five team. Mm. You can't just ignore the rules. Mm. Because your boys, you can't bring them out. They hadn't dropped. What hey, are you talking about? Technically, I brought the boys out and put them on the table just by going against the rules <laughs> it takes a lot of guts to do that you know what you got a point there maybe i should allow it hey boys are out boys <laughs> broke the table i'm going yukon over michigan no i'm just kidding um <laughs> golly man does anyone really care <laughs> no 
But I, I'm just shocked that you thought that that would be okay. The boys are out. The boys are on the table. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Um, CJ, what do you got? While this knucklehead looks for something, I have the same uh, top twenty-five upset. I had that one. Written. Miami. Yes. Okay. Miami losing. I hate um, that we all love it so much. Now. Yeah, I had. Now I was. I was ready to say it and you guys think like wow that's very bold and now all three of us say it and i don't feel so good about it anymore but again this is a tough exercise because you go through the games and there aren't that many options right like Like i can't pick youngstown state to beat kentucky and in fact and i'm not picking ul monroe to beat alabama there is a top 11 team that is an underdog this week and that would be michigan state going to washington so, like, there are possibilities out there you could find. Could Wake Forest slip up against Liberty? Maybe, but probably not. Penn State's going to Auburn. Penn State's ranked. Auburn's not. That could be a play. Uh, and and I almost picked BYU to knock off Oregon. That's a two top 25 teams. So, there are options. You just got to... top 25. Correct. You just got to pick the right one. Yeah. And I'm going to go um, Nebraska over Oklahoma this weekend. a boy. I'm going to ride it, too. All right. I can just see it right now. I mean, that I, is the I, only one you I, could I, pick. I, I like your vision there. Just like the vision for the awesome video we put together uh, promoting today's show, promoting what we're doing right now with picks. Um, I can just imagine it right now. Them hoisting the interim head coach. Yeah. Uh, just a big celebration. Like corn on the cob flying everywhere. Corn everywhere. Oklahoma goes down. People, you ha- you're going to go to Oklahoma message boards and watch and watch people type and talk about brent venables and how they're ready for him to go already i can see it right now i'm visioning it right now corn huskers in game one of the post the toxic scott frost era is going to be beautiful the sun is going to rise rise in nebraska on saturday they take down the sooners and it's going to be awesome all right. Now, Clip, I was very impressed with your uh, your evaluation of why Fresno State is going to knock off USC. That was mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, if it's if they get up into the forties, I'm gonna have my eye on you. And you know, maybe it's even better that they lost last week. If they were two and zero, maybe more people would be talking about that potential upset. But they're one and one, coming off a heartbreaker. Oregon State. I don't know if you guys saw this at one a.m. Sunday morning, but. Oregon State went for it and scored at the buzzer, basically. It was a buzzer beater, college football style. They said, we're going to, instead of go to overtime, we're going to go for the touchdown and uh, got a touchdown pass at the very end. I'm going to stay with what I have because I really do feel good about Texas A&M with my top 25 pick for this week, bouncing back against a terrible loss last week to the Mountaineers, a very good Mountaineers program. But if I could go back and change it, I would probably take the Red Raiders in Raleigh. Over State. I, I looked at that, but I don't know. Uh, State looked good last week. State a 10-point favorite in that game. What if ECU's really good? Like, What if State is good and they didn't look good against ECU because ECU's really good? That's well, uh, that. Sorry, I, that's something I noticed a couple weeks ago. Um, I saw a lot of people talking about NC State being overrated. Do, okay. we, do we want that to be true? Uh, no. I would prefer that ECU is the only team that beats them this season. A lot of people were saying, oh, State's bad. State's terrible. This and that. I, don't, I, I was like, well, what if East Carolina's just that good? Right. Maybe that is what's going on here. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's what I said. 
No, and I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Do we and not I, agree? I, I, and I don't like we the people agree? out there that are trying to downplay. That is in a negative context when you try to make it seem like NC State's that bad. Maybe they are, though. We don't uh, We don't know yet. We, we'll, I, I what love, we want to think and what I think is that NC State is really good. little tip for you guys coming up in the biz. You want to sound like you say something you, you know what you're talking about when it comes to sports? Use this phrase. We'll learn a lot about that team coming up this Saturday. Like, don't it sound like I know what I'm talking watch about this, when I say watch that? This. Yeah, you try it. State, 2-0. State, 2-0. Yeah. People were wondering, how good are they? Right, because you don't know yet. We right? don't know. Yeah. We'll find out coming up this Saturday. Well, I kind of like my wording better. Well, you'll learn a lot more about this team. You're, hey, you're going to learn a lot about this team coming up on Saturday. Now that I like. Hey, TJ Watt is out for, you know, four to six weeks. Mm, that's tough. The Patriots put up one touchdown against the Miami Dolphins. Didn't look good, yeah. You're going to learn a lot about those two teams this coming Sunday. Whoa. Oh! Now I got to watch that game. Oh, Because I want to learn about those teams. Because I don't know about them yet. But you're going to learn a lot about them coming up. I, unfortunately... This? Uh, you're not going to learn. What can you learn from an East Carolina Campbell game? If East Carolina w- wins 55 to 6, do you learn anything? If East Carolina wins 31 to 21 or 24, do you learn anything? I think you learn more there. What do you learn? You're going to say ECU's not a high caliber team? If they're only winning by a touchdown to Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think hope kind of takes a plunder. Uh, I think those those positive thoughts. Every take a game is its own game. But hey, every week is its own week. We'll find out about that team coming up on Saturday. <laughs> All right. Hey, you guys are witnessing mentorship <laughs> right here. I'm serious. I know, and I keep telling him what to say, and he says it wrong like every time. And I'll tell you what, guys. This is how Chandler. You guys are going to find out what this team's about <laughs> on Saturday. We're going to learn a lot about Chandler this next Thank segment. Thank you, Chandler. You are you take the coaching but you just don't you don't apply it correctly. Oh, I know. But you're a good kid, you know? You're it's a tough league. It's a tough league. This is a tough place. It's a tough league and you you do your best, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone. And I'd appreciate if you smash that like and subscribe. Smash the like, smash the sub. We're not going to say it that many times today, folks. I mean, it was like a training uh, 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 a training wheel on a bicycle. We're about to let you ride. Pirate Nation, let's ride. <laughs> Pirate Radio fans, let's, let's ride. ride. Pirate Radio fans, <laughs> let's like. Pirate Radio fans, let's sub. <laughs> YouTube fans. Let's smash. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rich says you're going to learn a lot, but I don't think you have a clue until you've learned something. Hmm. Insightful. Hmm. Let me marinate on that for a moment. All right. You know who's in the top 10? I'll give you a hint. They're tough as nails. Oh, man. I love those Razorbacks. My adopted Arkansas Razorbacks. I don't know why. I've just uh, taken a liking to Arkansas athletics. I was about to say football and basketball. More so basketball because I like Musselman and I love their team last year. Are you done with the Bonnies? Man, I think so. All those guys transferred too. They kind of got me back in with the NIT run. I'm done with them, man. That day you were here, right? You threw the t-shirt away. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. I did. Yes. I got that. I got that on video. I just knew they were going to make a run through the A-10 tournament, and they missed two free throws at the end of the game and lost, mm-hmm. and it just crushed me. I know. Man. I sat there and watched it. I sat there and watched a grown man be crushed by a team that is not even a part of his That's ride. the thing. I do enough crying with ECU basketball. Why am I going to pick another team that does the same crap to me? That, at that point, shame on me. I'm an absolute fool, and I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. So, anyway, Arkansas's top 10, which is a good thing, and their coach Sam Pittman talked about it. Shirley, do we have that uh, audio from Sam Pittman? Well, I think it's a big deal. Uh, I do. Um, everybody always looks at the negative all the time, you know, and I tweeted out that we were number 10, and then I got some responses, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I ain't tweeting it out to you guys or a 50-year-old man. I'm trying to use his recruiting. You know, so I really don't care what the guy says. You know what I mean? I'm trying to recruit, not him or them. I recruit. And uh, so we're proud of it. Sure, we're proud of it. And that doesn't mean that that's where we want to stay or it's hard to be in the top ten. We've done it two years in a row. The kids have done it and the coaches, the assistant coaches have done it. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Sure am. Whenever it came out, I was smiling ear to ear. Now, there's Sam Pittman on Twitter trying to recruit. I'm not recruiting. Recruit. And I thought he makes a good point. You know, he he's proud of it. He understands it's not the end all be all, but he puts that stuff out there for people to see, for kids to see. Hey, come play for a top ten program. We're having fun down here in Woo Pig Suey Country. Uh, the Razorbacks. And it's not for the media. It's not for the 50-year-old guy fan out there watching. So I thought it was a great message. And I thought to myself, should I look at the comments under this video? Because I know it's going to happen. And it's going to upset me. But I couldn't help myself. I had to look at them. And sure enough, there's a guy in the comments after presumably listening to that video and hearing what he had to say and why he did it and what he was talking about is a guy with the arkansas picture in his profile his name's rodney sharp razorback rodney razorback rodney his name's razorback rodney and he said to that he responded to what we just heard with this the game that matters is the one you're about to play the only ranking that matters is the one at the end of the season I mean, I'd like to see a ranking of the dumbest species that live on Earth and where humans rank. Because, like, we have some intelligent, very smart people out there. The man, man. The man that invented Red Zone Channel, for one. Very smart man. I don't want to go off a tangent, but awesome video of the first one ever in 2009 that surfaced on Twitter last night. But we have these dummies that walk amongst us, like Rodney Sharp, Razorback Rodney, who heard that message from Sam Pittman about putting the top 10 ranking out there for recruits and notoriety and being proud of his work and his labor. He heard it, but did he listen to it? Mm. Mm. Speak on that. He heard it. Speak on that. But did he listen to it? Yep. The vibrations came through the ears hole to the eardrum. And he heard that southern drawl 
of a big man speaking did not did not see the words in did, his brain did not comprehend Didn't did not it. take in the words and digest them properly nope he just listened or he just heard it <laughs> and it went through one ear and out the other rodney <clears throat> what are you doing we gotta be smarter He's, and look i cannot talk we, much because a lot of times on this show i hear people <laughs> talk but damn do i listen <laughs> no i do not you do not no i do not but why is that it's because you, you you listen to what you want to listen to. Hmm. And in this case, Rodney is not listening because does Rodney even really care? He cares about one thing, and that is himself. Point taken. <laughs> like all of us do. Let's just be tried just try to be smarter. And you know what? I'm a hypocrite. I'm gonna try to go by these words too. Here's the thing that Ronnie should have done. Rodney. Rodney, before you tweet that out, think to yourself, should I tweet this? Should I? Should I post it? Will I look like an idiot if I do so? (laughs) And if any of those questions are yes, do not post. Rodney Sharp. Not very sharp. (laughs) More like Rodney Dole. Thank you. Thank Was you. Was that supposed to be funny? Yes. Kevin asked on YouTube, if ECU wants to be serious about football, what's it going to take to consistently fill Dowdy Ficklin Stadium no matter the opponent? I don't know, Kevin. Free tickets? That probably won't do it. People got to be interested in who's playing and people got to not go to the beach and go hunting and have things to do on a Saturday. I'll just tell you, Kevin, it's never going to be packed every single Saturday. Never has, never will, just won't be. I wish it wasn't that way, but that's the way it is. So uh, one thing that they can do is win ball games, And they have done that, uh, did that last weekend. Keep winning, keep building momentum. We got good home games later this year, right? Houston, UCF. Houston, hello, UCF. We should have good crowds for those games. Because we're winning. Another thing they can do is obviously make fans feel welcome and have a good game day experience. And that goes with the parking and concessions and tickets and making sure you got enough supplies and water and all that stuff. So everybody plays a role. Kevin, I hear you. I I wish that – and I'm guilty of it too. I'm not as excited about this Campbell game as I was the state game or even the ODU game. Can't say the same. I just and that's human that's natural to feel that way you want a big time opponent you don't you know when you're a 30 point favorite it takes a little the luster out of it because you just expect to blow them out and win there's not that hey could we pull this upset today or how do we match up with this big power team or whatever we just don't have that so that's human nature but kevin since you're asking this question i know you'll be there and i know you'll be there every week and we appreciate it and if everybody's like you then we will have a packed house every week so as you said earlier it it all comes down to winning and i don't mean to go fill the dreams here but if you win they will come in think about that if they win if you win they the pirate nation the pirate fans they will come in and you're going to learn a lot about the pirate nation 
this Saturday. Whoa! <laughs> Go to break on that Yes, one. sir. CJ. All right, my guy. Good segment, boys. We'll take a timeout when we return. We'll have the flight by Yingling practice report. We'll hear from Mike Houston. We will hear from Pirate players as well. It's all ahead on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They have a great selection of new and pre owned vehicles, plus offer service to all makes and models in a state of the art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington and online at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Steven says if we have three toes and one butt cheek, we smoke the camels by 50. <laughs> what? Is that a reference to something? Possibly. It's two little butt I, cheeks. That's the only thing I know. Three toes, one butt cheek. This is a dangerous Google search, by the way. Ah, is, that a, is that a camel? I knew it was something. I knew it was something. It was a Dan Campbell um, reference. He made that. Uh, on Hard Knocks? On Hard Knocks. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. By the way. Uh, another pick of the week. Lions beat Washington on Sunday. We stink in Detroit. We always play bad in Detroit. And that's the, a hungry bunch. That's a really good bunch. It's the Lions bunch. are favorites for the first time in like 20 games, I believe. I think I saw last time they were favorites was 2020, and they lost by 10 in that game. But, uh, but the odds there are good. Steven, that was a good reference. I knew it was something. I couldn't put my toe or butt cheek on it but uh i googled it up and found it good work uh rich says uh another reason that uh ecu fans don't show up each and every week no matter the opponent he said 500 dollar a night hotel rooms in greenville do- doesn't help oh boy so a burglary a burglary <laughs> <laughs> straight up legal burglary right there um yeah that's a pretty good point Tyler says, hey, did I miss the sub and like? Well, Tyler, I, I mean, I think you're a seasoned vet, man. You should already notice like and sub. Like and sub. And if you haven't, that's fine. You know what to do. Hit the like. Hit the sub. By the way, I do want to share this. People, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give you one more task. And you do not have to do it. But what I do want you to do is definitely hit the like and the sub. But, please, it would be awesome. It would be really cool if you did. If you shared. Whoa. You want to go one more step? If you if you share our broadcast, if you share our Facebook feed, share our YouTube link or something somewhere, do it. Because sharing is caring. Absolutely. Again, it's up to you, and uh, and we're here every day, and we're going to be here every day, whether you like, subscribe, share, 
but it's just it's kind of a common courtesy at this point it's a little thank you from you to us all right (laughs) moving on i just couldn't keep a straight face to the flight by yingling practice report the next generation of light beer don't just raise a glass raise the bar flight by yingling available wherever beer is sold Hey, man of Chan, can you get my Mike Houston cut sheet off uh, that pile of papers there so we can hear more of Mike Houston? And while we wait for that, Shirley, let's hear uh, from Ryan Jones as he answered questions yesterday after Mike Houston's press conference. Here's the East Carolina tight end. Ryan, just you guys get your first win this past Saturday. How did that one feel? Yeah, it's always great getting the first win. Uh, we put a lot of work in this uh, that whole week. Just so, uh, I mean, we had a bad taste in our mouth in week one. So, I mean, just getting that win was uh, was huge for us. It feels like talking to you guys, talking to Coach Houston, y'all won and, and won by a pretty big margin, but there's still a lot to clean up. Is that a pretty good feeling and maybe a sign of how good you guys can be? Yeah, I mean, the games we want to have, we uh, we definitely have, have room to improve. Just like the standard that we have for ourselves now is just on a different level. So, I mean, getting the win was big for us, but just the way we want to play is on a different scale from last year. How much better does the receiving group and tight end group feel now that you guys have a couple games together? There's a lot of new faces for you guys on the run. Yeah, I mean, I think the guys just understand we have a lot of weapons. I mean, we have guys that can, like Keaton and Roger run the ball super well. We have guys on the outside like Isaiah and Jalen making plays. Um, me and Shane are making plays from the inside, CJ. So, I mean, we just have a lot of guys, a lot of weapons on the field, and I think people understand that. We, like, know how to play with each other. How has that been in the room? With so many weapons, you know, everybody wants the ball. Has that been a thing, or are you guys just all kind of in it for each other? Uh, I feel like this year we kind of just understand, like, we all have our role. And, like, we understand as long as we're making plays and doing what we have to do, even if the ball doesn't come to you, like, the next guy's making a play as well. So, I mean, we're all just going to have a mindset of winning and just want to see everybody improve. Can you feel there's a creativity, you know, to the way you guys play on offense, just with with what you do have? Um, Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of guys that can do – a lot of different things. I mean, we have guys that cr- create a lot of mismatches from like the outside to inside and just from the speed we have on offense. So, I mean, we have uh, just a lot of guys that can do a lot of stuff. Because sometimes you'll be lined up and then shift into the backfield and you know, you're just yeah. coming from different spots. Yeah, so I mean, we definitely cause defenses uh, to have fits. I mean, that's just credits to like the coaching staff we have that put us in those situations. What is it like scoring a touchdown at the Boneyard end of Dowdy Bickland Stadium? Um, it's electric. I mean, just having the fans right there, and they're uh, they're super loud. So I mean, it's just it's just fun playing that stadium. You're playing a little more of a slot receiver role than you did last year. How are you enjoying that so far? Um, it's nice just showing that I can you know run routes and stuff like that. So I mean, that's definitely a plus. But I mean, just being an offense that we have this year is just they're putting us in situations to where we can show like what we can do. Campbell this week. What, what's the big focus as you guys prepare to play them? Um, really, we're just focused on playing a complete game from offense to defense and special teams. You know, we're really just focused on going one and zero and just uh, continuing to work for uh, what we're trying to do for the season. People, some people make a big deal about FBS versus FCS, but is that is that overblown? Do you feel like everybody's a good football team at the end of the day? Yeah, I mean, every game you have to come in with the right mindset, just because. As you saw this past week with uh, App State being a and you know, you have to come with the right mindset or you can lose games you aren't supposed to. So, I mean, we just have to stay focused and just lock in what we want to do for this uh, for the season. All right, that is East Carolina tight end Ryan Jones. And right now in this offense, everybody is eating and maybe not eating the same dish. Uh, Jalen Johnson had a filet mignon the other night with nine catches. CJ, he had a sandwich. He had one catch. But he had his steak in game one. 
Ryan Jones has been eating pretty well. Got him a touchdown this week. Shane Calhoun got him one week one. Isaiah Winstead, a pretty steady diet. I would say he's he's got some nice chicken wings uh, going, like a nice football spread. Six catches week one, five week two. So everybody is uh, is getting a piece of the pie, so to speak, right now. And uh, I think that is a very, I would say, a very happy, optimistic, uh, positive offensive room when you look at how the distribution has been spread around, especially in the passing game. Rajay and Keaton kind of the same deal as last year uh, about 50 50 split and the carries were close this week the only difference was Rajay had four catches keaton didn't have a catch but keaton had his long home run run and uh, they both found the end zone a couple times so right now through two weeks i'm gonna say everybody's happy with their role and ryan said it there everybody's got their role and if everybody does their job uh then this offense is going to move the ball and put up points and uh, i'm excited about it and you've mentioned before in, in previous uh, episodes of Pirate Alive that this is going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of defenses on the ECU schedule yeah. this year because they're going to have to highlight somebody on this offense, and there's just so many weapons. Who do you take away? Who do you take away? And then name somebody, and then we can tell you three or four other people that we can go to. Yeah. And it's the, uh, the display of this offense and spraying the ball around that Holt Naylor's has done so far is such a positive, uh, positive note going into the rest of the season so uh, i do love the uh the distribution on this offense so far uh surely there's a guy that i want to hear from right now and that guy's name is not it's not jack week it's jack powers who is jack powers here's the jack powers profile 237 linebacker Went to Nevada. He got out at the right time because they stink. Uh, majoring in business administration. The guy takes care of business. He went to Granite Bay High School. He's from Granite Bay, California. California. Uh, he made his way here uh, uh, through Nevada, as I said. His uh, sports hero, and this is interesting and perhaps racist on my part. Mm. Well, let's not go there. When I look at him, I see a uh, Watt cousin. <laughs> he looks like he could be a Watt. A JJ, and a TJ. He's very similar in position in football to a TJ That's Watt. That's what I'm saying. I see some wattage. Guess who his hero is in sports? JJ Watt. So that makes sense. Um, he likes being outdoors in his free time. Should hook him up with Bryce Williams. All this is available on his profile on ECUPirates.com. Uh, let's hear from Jack Powers as he met with the media on Tuesday. What's it been like playing in front of a nice crowd in Pirate Nation? Oh, it's been uh, it's been incredible. You know, um, that's something that the coaches kind of expressed to me on my visit. Um, but like I said earlier last week, it's something that you can't really prepare for until you see it yourself. So uh, it's, it's been incredible. It's been fun. It, can't wait to finish it out as a california kid how have you transitioned to to life in, in greenville north carolina pretty far away from home yeah um you know it's it's a little different obviously being being from california and you're across the country um, probably communication back home with the time zone changes <laughs> the biggest difference and uh watching my giants and 49ers is a little harder with the time change but uh other than that you know it's 
it's really the same thing. It's just it's business out here. It's school. It's football. Um, and, and taking care of that kind of stuff. So just sticking to my plan and getting my work done. Jack, what was your path to Green? So uh, I started as a walk-on at the University of Nevada. I'm from Sacramento, California. It's about an hour 45 drive to Reno. Um, started as a walk-on. After uh, my third season there, I got put on scholarship. Um, and so after that, my coaching staff left after my fourth season and uh, I had graduated. So I was just really looking, looking to see what opportunities were out there for me. And uh, luckily, East Carolina popped up, and I'm here, and I'm loving it. So, what was it like to be a part of your your first win at ECU this past Saturday? It was awesome. You know, when when the speakers started playing, all I do is win. And even with the rain, the fans that were still there and throughout all four quarters showed up and, and never left. Um, that was pretty cool, and it was just rewarding with my teammates. You know, all fall camp, all all winter, all summer, we put in a lot of work. So when you get that win, it feels great. You've had to learn a new scheme this year. Who's kind of been the guy who you've gone to for help with learning all that? Obviously, Jeremy. Um, me and Jeremy have a great relationship. You know, we compete on the field, but at the end of the day, we really help each other in every aspect. Um, we've really become closer this season, like since I've shown up. And, uh, you know, he, he's been a great help for me, so. It seems like talking to guys who have been in this defense a while, they talk about how much fun it is to play in it with the aggressiveness. As a new guy, do you get that sense too? Yeah, and that was something that was really appealing to me um, kind of when I was being recruited here. Obviously, my process was, was a little bit faster uh, than a lot of the other people who are recruited here. But Coach Harrell and Coach Dallas, Coach Houston too, they all talked about the aggressiveness of our scheme. And, and uh, it obviously sounded like a lot of fun to me. And, it has been, so it's, it's enjoyable. It seems like a lot of high energy when they're coaching, too, no matter if it's good, bad, and corrections. How does that motivate you guys on the field? It makes it fun. Um, just from the from the coaches to my teammates to the fans, it's, it's a lot of great energy and it's a lot of fun, you know. Our, uh, our first week for NC State and last week, too, but you walk into our hotel meeting room on Friday night and it's just music's blasting. We're all up, dapping each other up, saying what's up, and and that's special. It's super fun. So the energy's always high, and, and it makes a difference. It, it helps us. Speaking of music, what do you like? Uh, I have a good mix between rap and country. So, I mean, I, I listen to Parker McCollum and some country music on my off time, but before practice and games, you got to switch it up, turn on a little future, a little, little baby. So I'm a little diverse in the music category, but a uh, good mix of country and rap. You mentioned the 49ers. What happened on Sunday to them? That was tough. That was tough. But week one, a lot of time to figure it out. Penalties hurt them. I think they had 11 for 95 yards or something like that. But uh, they'll shake back. Figure it out. And you guys just played in the rain too, right? So you kind of know how that went. Yeah. It looked a little worse. Their conditions looked a little worse over there. So hopefully we could get our grounds crew to Chicago for a couple games. But, uh, other than that, it was, it was what it is. Uh, all right, guys. Jack, how about ask Patrick Mason about Iowa and ask Igo about Denver if they start coming at your teams. And we'll talk to both of those guys in hour two. And I can't wait to ask Patrick about Iowa and Igo about Denver. I saw Scott Igo yesterday random um, run in at a gas station. And it wasn't the stop shop. Oh, I was going to say, no, was it, it was a different. Shop? It was a different convenience store. Okay. And I said, man, I cannot wait to uh, talk to your brother on Wednesday. 
and get his thoughts on the uh the worst head coach in the nfl uh yeah in his first game he's already got that title that's pretty bad um i cannot wait to talk to patrick mason and see how depressed he is he already has the white socks that has got him depressed he even took it to twitter very uh was very concerned about patrick mason that day that he uh tweeted about the white socks have you seen i, I don't i don't know has he tweeted about iowa yet because that's when i'm really going to get concerned uh and we i'm not letting him off the hook today we iowa can't. is dead to me <laughs> we, we got to talk about iowa football mike p exactly mike p says did i go ask someone what happened to his nfl team week one i mean the audacity for him to ask that question uh, who does he think he is and this was yesterday yeah this was this, after monday this night was football. after monday night football like this Damn. wasn't a, like the, the day of wow the onions on that guy hey can we actually play this interview back with i go and then be like huh wow or get that last cut yes. and, and expose yes. him yes i'm gonna do it during the break we'll take a time out come back expose him we'll uh, have a little bit more on the uh flight by yingling practice report the next generation of light beer don't just raise a glass raise the bar flight by yingling available wherever beer is sold We'll come back, wrap up our number one after these words. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trips with our very own Clip Rock on Wednesday nights. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Big night of sports trivia tonight. AJ McMurphy's 8 o'clock. Um, L. Ron Woodward. Ronnie Woodward uh, set to join us tonight. So excited to see Ronnie. Uh, so we'll have a big name in the building. Also, uh, the Foot Soldiers will be there. Peter Foot, <laughs> Pirate Radio intern, is going to bring a, a team. We love new teams, so come on out, have a good time, talk a little junk, answer some sports trivia questions, and uh, enjoy some great food, great times, cold snacks at AJ McMurphy's. Yes, sir. Always a good time each and every Wednesday, starting at eight o'clock. Uh, it's a good way to get through the um, the um, football doldrums because. Now I have to figure out Tuesday night is really my only like wild card night where what am I going to watch on Tuesday nights? Because Wednesday, Wednesday I've got trivia, Thursday football, Friday football, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's really all about Tuesday. So if you need to fill in that gap to get to Thursday, Wednesday night sports trivia, AJ's great thing to do. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's hear a couple uh, comments from Mike Houston on our Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. 
Uh, Mike Houston. We talked about this last segment. Let's hear Mike Houston in his own words. Talked about the weapons on offense for the Pirates. Uh, cut seven. Well, I think it's, you know, I had confidence in those guys before we played our first game just because I've watched them play all preseason. So it's good to see them make those plays on game day. Um, now everybody else understands, you know, what my excitement level was during preseason camp. Uh, so, but it, I mean, it is, it, it's, it's, it, it ends up being a deal where, you know, you don't have just one guy and, uh, you know, you have multiple guys that are uh, being productive. Uh, you know, the great thing is they're also being unselfish. Um, you know, I'm going to challenge them this week. We've got to do a better job blocking on the perimeter uh, and taking care of that facet of the, uh, of our performance. Uh, but I do think that they're continuing to build confidence in each other uh, and certainly conf- everybody else is gaining confidence in them as well. All right, Mike Houston uh, was asked about a couple of individual players on the offensive line as well. First, Avery Jones, the East Carolina center, and here were his comments on Avery Jones. Cut eight. Right. Well, I think he's obviously a lot more comfortable this year than he was a year ago after uh, a year of experience under his belt. Uh, and uh, so, you know, the expectations are, are higher. Um, you know, he and I talked yesterday, and the big focus for him is, you know, and continuing to improve. And there's, there's some things that he needs to improve on from Saturday night's performance. But I think he is a, uh, he's a high-character young man. Uh, he's a very athletic guy at center. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy that's got a pretty high ceiling. So, you know, for him, the big focus is just uh, continue to push himself every single day to improve. Uh, and that's what he's got to do. And he was also asked about Justin Red, who has come in and added some depth to this offensive line. How about his play uh, through two weeks? Well, I think, uh, number one, just his attitude's been fantastic. You, know, you couldn't really ask for anything any better. Uh, he is a big, athletic, strong kid. And so uh, he has some God-given abilities. Uh, you know, it's been a, a little bit of a transition, but he is a guy that's improving every single day. And I think you'll see him as you go throughout the season, he's going to continue to improve every single day. And uh, he's just really an enjoyable guy to be around, enjoyable guy to coach. Really glad he's here. He talks there about Justin Red. We heard from Jack Powers a moment ago. Think about Winstead. Haven't gotten to know Jalen Johnson uh, yet. Know him on the field, just not uh, personally yet. But Mims at D-line, Bates at linebacker, all these newcomers that come in, they're making an impact on the field. But you heard Jack Powers talk about how Jeremy Lewis welcomed him in and how Ryan Jones talked about, you know, welcoming in those new receivers and everything. Uh, They are bringing in some some class individuals not just football players that's great to hear i think that leads to positivity of practice i think it can help lead to w's on saturdays so uh that's just a great thing that you know this portal and that portal's open and you can bring in whoever you think can help out your football team but i do think they uh kind of put a premium on the individual they're bringing in and it looks like they've hit a bunch of home runs so far and especially in today's world you have a lot of individuals that are so self-centered and they only care about how they perform on the football field but what it looks like with mike houston's program and the players that he's brought in uh like a ryan jones and like a jeremy lewis uh even though jeremy lewis was before mike houston's time um they are they are accepting these new players where a lot of people a lot of players might be like oh heck no they're going to come in here and take my spot you know this and that i'm not going to talk to them that's not the case with mike houston's program so that's refreshing to see yeah no doubt and uh look isaiah winstead wants to make it to the nfl he's playing for 
you know his future but at the same time he is a football player he is a team player and will say he'll do whatever it takes for the team to win a because that's what he should do and b that that makes him better overall if he's downfield blocking for keaton mitchell to rip off an 81 yard touchdown that's good for isaiah winstead and his tape and for teams to see that if he's taking up two defenders and uh ryan jones and cj johnson are eating in the middle of the field you know that's good and then of course he's going to make his plays and he's made some already some highlight catches these first two weeks but he uh he wants to make it to the next level and part of that is him being an awesome team player and uh, he's been that so far big fan of his all right let's take a break when we return we'll visit with the voice jeff charles got jeff charles and p mace patrick mason coming up hour two of pirate radio live more to go after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. Couple of scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. I think the brain's on in here. I guess Mariners are playing too, so we'll want to watch that when he gets here. Uh, Astros lead the Tigers 2-1, to one, and actually that game is over. Astros beat the Tigers. Rockies up 3-0 on the White Sox. <laughs> Actually, so Patrick's White Sox, my Braves, and Igo's Mariners are playing all at the same time. He has tweeted, by the way. Oh, wait, Patrick? About 15 minutes oh, good. ago. All right, while you pull that up, I'll tell you the Braves and Giants are scoreless, as are the Padres and Mariners just getting underway. Uh, so about 19 minutes ago, Patrick Mason tweeted, Cease, meaning uh, Dylan Cease. White Sox pitcher Dylan Cease, probably had the lead in the AL Cy Young race until whatever this is today against the Rockies. <laughs> Wolf. Woof. Woof. Oh, no. Patrick says woof. All right, uh, Charlie. I have a little piece of trivia for you. Oh, I love trivia. On this day, this father-son duo hit back-to-back home runs. It was uh, my dad and I, because it's my dad's (laughs) birthday today. Happy birthday, Clip Rock Jr. Oh. Is it really? It is his birthday, yeah. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, But, yeah, that's an easy one, Chandler. Uh, the Griffies. Yes. Gotta be the Griffies. Senior Ju- and That's junior. the only time it's ever on happened. This, yeah, yeah, it's the only time it's ever happened I mean, on it, this day it, in 1990. What it, team it, were they playing for? Mariners. All right. And, I mean, will it ever happen again? Who? No. So, Griffey's home run was hit over the left field wall. And it was back-to-back home runs. Who was chasing it? I'll give you a hint. His son is on a tremendous tear hitting the ball right now. His historic tear. Bichette? Yes. Dante Bichette oh, wow. was chasing the ball. Now his son, Bo, a player in Major League Baseball. <laughs> How about that? All right, let's head out to the Pit Electric live line and visit with the voice Jeff Charles here on this Wednesday. Jeff, how you doing today? 
Clip, I'm doing great, and so is Aaron Judge. Two more home runs <laughs> last night. He has 57 now on the year. I know you and I talked about this a few weeks ago, whether or not he could hit 60 or more. And I tell you what, he's on pace to do it, isn't he? He is, and it's it's crazy to me. And people are talking about it, and it's out there in the news. And it, uh, the crazy thing is he has 20 more home runs than Kyle Schwarber, who has uh, hit the second most home runs this season. So just an incredible pace, an incredible season. He will be the MVP uh, over Shohei Otani, I believe, when it's all said and done, and he deserves to be. But, uh, Jeff, these historic numbers that he's putting up, I don't know. It's if this was happening pre, you know, Bonds and Sosa and McGuire, it would be front page news. It would be ahead of the NFL headlines. But you had that era of baseball, and and everybody's mashing, and Brady Anderson's hitting fifty, and Brett Boone's hitting fifty, and and now we see a guy hitting fifty seven, fifty eight, uh, fifty six, fifty seven, and it's talked about, but I feel like not enough, not enough by me, uh, to be honest. Cliff, I kind of agree with you with that. I mean, we're watching history here. The record, as you well know, is 61 in the American League by Roger Maris in 1961. And Cliff, as a personal note, I was nine years old at the time, and my family has relations in Long Island in New York. And I remember being a little nine-year-old boy and going out there for a funeral during 1961. Uh, There was a family member who passed away, and we all went out there. And that was the year in which, you know, Roger Maris hit 61 and Mickey Mantle hit 56. And I can remember being a little kid in the car listening to New York Yankees baseball during that time and remembering the incredible excitement there was to see if uh, Roger Maris would beat Babe Ruth's record of 60 and hit 61. And then, of course, uh, he did that. But, you know, Cliff, that was, that was during a time where there just weren't so many other sports and so many other sports that were, you know, vying for airtime and television time. I mean, it's a different world now, but boy, back then, and I can remember this, back then, baseball was it. And I mean, the whole country was focused on Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle because Mickey Mantle was right behind Roger Maris at that time, and they were waging a battle to see who would be able to break Babe Ruth's record. And then, of course, Roger Maris did, and Mickey Mantle fell a few home runs short. But it captured, I, I can remember this, and it captured the nation. It really did. Yeah, and and I was uh, growing up and I guess a teenager at the time of the whole Sosa McGuire thing, and that was uh, that was a really fun summer. I, you know, I was a Braves fan, but had kind of adopted the Cubs just because they're on WGN, and, and really they were a non-threat to my Braves because they were the lovable losers. So I enjoyed watching and listening to Harry Carey and, Mark Grace and uh, and those teams. So I was pulling for Sammy uh, that year to to win the home run battle, but McGuire won. And at the time, and I guess I was young and naive at the time, I wasn't even really thinking about performance enhancers, steroids, that stuff. But um, it, it comes out years later, and it's got a black eye on it, and you're not going to see any of those guys in the Hall of Fame. So it's almost like we, I don't know, Jeff, do we still say Roger Maris, uh, you know, has the record or? Is it Bonds? Is it, you know, McGuire? Like, yeah, who is, who, who do we say is the home run king for a season? Hard to say. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good question, Clip. Of course, when you just look at it from the standpoint of who has hit the most home runs in the season, yeah. it is Barry Bonds. And then, of course, you have McGuire and you have Sosa. 
But there's no question that Roger Maris in the 61 it was not tainted. And so I think in a lot of people's mind, more or less, the baseball purist mind, that Roger Maris is the all-time record holder, and I think you can make a case for that. And who knows about Aaron Judge? I mean, we have to all assume that, that he's clean. He's just a huge guy. <laughs> but he doesn't look like a really steroid guy. I mean, they've got this guy listed at 282 pounds, Cliff, and he looks thin. You know, he looks thin. So uh, he, he's doing some incredible things, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see if he can break the record. Definitely looks like a, a tight end in a, in a baseball uniform. You don't see a lot of guys – the size of Aaron Judge playing Major League Baseball. Jeff Charles joining us. Uh, Alec Burleson getting his uh, first hit of his MLB career over the weekend, Jeff, and saw last night that Cliff Gowen and the ECU staff was out there in St. Louis to go visit Burley, so uh, that was pretty cool to see. And, Jeff, we uh, we were talking about it on the show when Burley made his debut, the, the lack of East Carolina position players in Major League Baseball here of recent note. We've had a lot of pitchers. But we had to go back, and my first guest was Chad Tracy, but Jack Reinheimer, the last position player to get an at-bat before Alec Burleson in Major League Baseball. And uh, and hopefully that's the start of something with, you know, Brian Packard and, and Connor Norby has been hitting very well, and you've got a lot of other guys that are in the minors right now, and uh, you just hope you can see more Pirates up there as position players. Because, again, we've had plenty of pitchers, and, and Gavin Williams could be on track to be the next one for ECU. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Gavin will be in the show, I don't know, maybe by next year. Who knows the way they promote pitchers through the system these days, Clip. But you're right, not as many position players. I always go back to Pat Watkins, and when Pat uh, played for the Reds and he played for the Rockies, and he also played uh, briefly for the uh, the Miami team, the Marlins uh, as well. So he, he had, you know, I think Pat maybe total between all of those three, maybe got a couple of years in. In Major League Baseball, he had the great career at ECU. But you're right, it'd be good to see some more guys. And, you know, Burley was just tearing it up at Memphis. I mean, he really deserved the, the call-up. Sometimes these guys, they get the call-up in Major League Baseball. Their, their AAA stats really aren't that great, but, you know, they're projected to do whatever in Major League Baseball. And so even though their stats are not great at the AAA level, they, they do get the call. But you look at Burley's stats, and you know he was just tearing it up in AAA. So he uh, he deserves it. I, ho- I hope he gets a good shot with the Cardinals. And of course, the Cardinals are are the Cardinals. There they are again in, in first place. So he's got a chance to really enjoy now this uh, pennant run here in September and postseason play. And Jeff, while we're on the topic, uh, I have not talked about this on the show. It came out last week, but the Major League Baseball rule changes that will be implemented next season and that will ban shifts uh it will will have uh, i believe wider bases which i think we saw in uh in the minors but the pitch clock uh will be coming to major league baseball and you know it could be a, a radical move for some and some fans i've talked to people that have attended minor league games this year including brian hanks who is, does the pa for the uh, down east wood ducks and he talks about how this was early in the season but they have that I think out of 15, 20 games they had played, two or three of them had been less than two hours, and they were averaging like two hours and 20 minutes a game. So, you know, talk about pace of play, that pitch clock can certainly help. And he says he really likes it as far as the flow goes. We'll see how the major leaguers get used to it. But what do you think of the uh, the list of those changes, Jeff, that are coming to MLB next year? 
I love the pitch clock, too, Cliff. I really do. There's nothing worse than to see a pitcher get the ball back from the catcher and stand around and kick the rubber four or five times and go to his glove and go to his hat and look out into center field and shake the catcher off three or four times. And I was watching the game just about a week ago, and there was a guy who was an extremely slow worker. And in my mind, I was counting the, uh, the seconds between pitches, and he was like 35 to 40 seconds between pitches and you know the fans don't like it uh his teammates even don't like it the guys playing in the field i mean they want the game to move along and they're just standing out there for 40 seconds waiting for the guy to pitch so i think it's a great move don't agree with everything baseball has done in recent years but this one i like a lot i I still try to get used to the guy at second base to start the the extra innings um yeah i'm not real fond of that clip at all but again, you flip the coin on the other side, and and what's worse than watching a sixteen inning two to two game? So there are there are some benefits to it, although I don't like it a whole lot. And uh, the shift, I, I've kind of gone back and forth on the shift. I really haven't decided if I like the idea of them eliminating it or or should you keep the shift? And I understand why they're doing it. Again, it's so sophisticated that. You know, you just see a lot of ground balls to the right of second base with, with three fielders on that side. And, and uh, you know, that's not the most exciting thing in the world either. But at the same time, uh, you know, these, these teams have all the analytics and, and, you know, they know how to position their players now to take advantage of, of their defensive skills. So you kind of take that out of the equation. But there's no doubt there's going to be more action if you just have the guys playing their regular positions and, there's going to be a lot more ground balls and line drives that go into the outfield, and yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I, I think that uh, baseball needs to have offense in the game, and, and you know that's why people that's why people come to the baseball games. They want to see home runs, they want to see doubles, they want to see runs scored. That's the exciting part of the game, and I think we'll see more of that next year. Jeff Charles joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line and talking about some rules, the extra innings rules. Uh, we've seen a lot of overtime in college football and NFL already this season, Jeff. And I think Houston has played in five overtimes uh, already this year with UTSA and then with Texas Tech on Saturday. UTSA was in another overtime game against Army over the weekend. So I think they've played in four overtimes. So those teams uh, giving the fans their money's worth early on. And then we had a tie week one in the NFL, which is a really dumb rule that they they need to, to fix uh, because these ties, they get my – my playoff standings brain all out of whack when I see a tie, and we already got one with the Colts and the Texans. So I don't know, Jeff. If you were sports commissioner, uh, well, what do you think about the overtime rules in college and pro football? Would you fix them, change them, or are they okay the the way they are? I guess I don't have a real opinion on either one of them. Clip uh, the other game this past weekend that got everybody's attention. Did you see the seven overtime game? between Bowling Green and Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> seven. <laughs> seven overtimes. And uh, finally that game was over, and Eastern Kentucky beat Bowling Green. The reason I paid attention to that score is because Marshall is at Bowling Green this week. Oh, yeah. Big upset of Notre Dame. I had to check the score on that one, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, 59 to 57. I was thinking if you had the over in that one, seven overtimes is going to help you out. But how about this? I'm looking at the uh, – 
the score line here it looks like a major league baseball line uh score line conversions overtime four two to two overtime five they both can failed uh both failed overtime six two to two and then in overtime number seven eastern kentucky got there too bowling green didn't so after two overtimes it goes to the alternating two-point conversion i forgot about that yeah, it does, and I don't know if you, what you're looking at there, Clip, has the time of the game on it or not, <laughs> but I was kind of wondering how long that game went because, as we all know, Clip, and you and I have talked about this before and we talk about it off the air, the day of the college football three-hour game is, is over. Oh, yeah. And I can remember, you know, that was not that long ago. I mean, college football games were played in 245, 250, 255 before three hours. And now, you know, it's three and a half, three forty-five, which I think is too long. And you know, we can talk about the replays and how long they take. And I think everybody gets frustrated with that. And then, of course, with all the games on television, you have all the television timeouts as well. But uh, yeah, I'm all for in sports clip. I'm all for moving moving the thing around and along. And you know, baseball, I think, is making some good changes. I wish football would would do the same at the college level. And, uh, and do some things to speed the game up just a little bit. Uh, I'd like to see that in both sports, actually. And, Jeff, if you're scoring at home, how about four hours and 26 minutes for that game the other day? 426 for Bowling yep. Green, Eastern Kentucky? That's right. Wow. <laughs> I wonder how many people were around at the end. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Jeff, I was out at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Chandler and I went. We got there late. We had to leave early, of course, for – the post game, but not the fifty-one thousand there the week before. But a, I would say, a spirited pirate crowd, and it was fun to see the defense go to work. Just some eye-popping stats. I've been running over them all week, but they were just very impressive. How about forty-one to nineteen? We're talking about time. How about time of possession on Saturday, Jeff? East Carolina dominating that category. Just about doubled Old Dominion in plays ran. And uh, first downs was 30-12, to 12, I believe, East Carolina. And the, the score a little closer maybe than, than how well the, the Pirates dominated the stat sheet, but that was due to Old Dominion hitting some quick strikes and uh, East Carolina, you know, not cashing in every opportunity. But uh, still good to get a win on Saturday, and uh, Pirates look pretty good out there at times. Yeah, they really did clip, and they did exactly double the amount of plays. ODU ran 43 plays, and the Pirates ran 86. And I'll tell you the other stat. And I realize it's only two games, but the other stat that jumps off the page at you so far is how well East Carolina has defended the run. They're only giving up 74 yards per game on the ground, which is terrific. Now, I know it's a small sample size, and we've got a long way to go. And you got Navy coming up here yeah. from Saturday. You know how they can run up numbers uh, rushing the football. But uh, so many good things, uh, so many positive things that came out of that. And, and you're right, too, about the crowd. Uh, you know, it rained off and on throughout the game. It, it rained pretty hard about an hour before the game. And so you always wonder about uh, how many folks are going to be in the stands. But I, I think there was a legit 36,000 there. And uh, they were very enthusiastic. I mean, that's the hardcore pirate fan base that is out there that will uh, brave the elements. And uh, that's what East Carolina has as far as numbers are concerned. And so I thought it was good. I, I know talking to the players and the coaches after the game, they said, hey, you know, this crowd was great, uh, very enthusiastic. It was loud down there on the field, and so it was terrific. And I'll tell you what was heartwarming, Cliff, is when Owen Daffer went out there to kick his first field goal, and yeah. I don't know if you were there at the time or not, but, you know, Pirate fans gave him a big ovation, and you know that had to really lift that kid up, and 
uh, tip of the cap to the Pirate fans who did that. That was really important for that kid. We were on the way, Jeff, so we heard you on the call talking about it, which was uh, was great. We heard the ovation and heard you uh, mentioning what that big cheer was all about, and uh, you had a good call on his field goal, too. Knocked it down. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was glad uh, to be able to hear that. Yeah, well, Owen is a great kid, and I know you've gotten to know him, Clip, over the last uh, couple of years. I've got to know him pretty well. Uh, his family too have met his members of his family and so you know he's he's just a super nice kid and so you really pull for the good guys and and he is one of those and I don't have any doubt in my mind he's going to bounce back I mean this is the same guy that made all those pressure kicks last year and you know you look at the NFL look what happened in the NFL on my goodness yeah field goals left and right I mean it's just going to happen it's the nature of the beast and they've got a new holder this year. They've got a new snapper. And so they're trying to work some things out. And they'll, they'll get it worked out. Noah and Daffer will go on, and he'll have some terrific games in the future. I'm convinced of that. Talking to the voice, Jeff Charles, I'll tell you another pirate I got to know, not personally, but as a player, and that's Jalen Johnson. Big game for him with nine catches on Saturday. And and Shirley and Chandler and I try to pick a, a fantasy player at the end of every pregame show who's going to have the big numbers. And I think it's going to be tough this year because, especially in the passing game, it looks like, Jeff, whatever the defense is giving East Carolina, Holt Nailers is going to take it. And if that is maybe crowding C.J. Johnson after a big game week one, then they'll work to the outside and find Jalen Johnson, Isaiah Winstead. If those guys get extra attention, then watch out for Ryan Jones, C.J. on the inside. I mean, it's it's almost like a pick-your-poison. Again, small sample size, but really like what I'm seeing from this passing game and how Holden Aylers has so many weapons to work with. Yeah, no doubt about it, Clip. And Shane Calhoun's doing a great job at that tight end position with Ryan Jones, a the little guy, Kerry King, uh, we keep hearing about how fast he is and how they're trying to get him on the field more, number 17. And he had a catch uh, last week. I think we're going to see more of him. And then Josiah Hatfield is coming back this week, and he hasn't played yet because of that two-game suspension. But Josiah will be out there on Saturday. So you throw all of those guys in the mix, and then all of a sudden you've got some depth and you've got a lot of weapons that Holton can go to. And so, uh, yeah, it looks it looks really good. And, you know, going into the year, we were all very concerned about losing Tyler Sneed and how the Pirates were going to compensate for that. Well, to this point, they've certainly got guys who can step up and fill the void, and they're doing a terrific job. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, I talked to former ECU safety Chip Thompson. I uh, did a little Twitter spaces on Sunday talking NFL, and he was hyping up his 49ers before they lost to the Bears the other day. But Chip said uh, he's really enjoyed watching – uh, Jawan Powell plays so far this year, and I, I was thinking about it. You know, who is there a star on the defense? It's a great collection of guys getting it done right now. But we've seen uh, obviously Julius Wood make some plays, and Stringer and Jaira and and Elijah Morris up front, and Jeremy Lewis, and and, and of course X and Miles and and Bates. All the, I mean, is there is there a star on this defense, Jeff, or is it just a group of, of really good players together right now? I think that's what it is, Cliff. I don't know if there there is a star. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if uh, the guys put up some great stats, there will be a first team or two AAC player on defense. Right now, I, I couldn't tell you who that's going to be. Right. Malik Fleming, too. Yeah. He's playing great at that other corner position. So he's doing a really nice job. The secondary is, is playing well. The linebackers are, are playing well. And they're, you know, they're too deep at a lot of those positions because – 
You mentioned Gerard Stringer, who had a terrific game this past week. Well, you know, Jaira Wilson can also play that position. They can give each other a break, and we know all about the depth up front clip with the with the defensive line. And you know, it's tough to get notoriety as a defensive lineman unless you're an edge rusher and you're getting quarterback sacks. And the Pirates are hoping that Jeremy Lewis uh, from right here in Greenville will be that guy. And of course, we're only two games in, so you know, he's got a long way to go this year, but. I just like the defense as a whole. I think that's Blake Harrell's philosophy is uh, we all play as one. We all play as a unit. We rally to the football and bring it every play. And he's able to get guys in and out. And, again, I go back to that great stat, 74 yards is all they're giving up on the ground through two games, which which is terrific. Now, they've got to shore up a few things in the secondary, and I think those were mental mistakes last week rather than physical mistakes. And, then you've got to give credit to Allie Jennings, who's a oh, man. receiver <laughs> at ODU. And I know he was wide open a lot, and maybe some guys were missing some assignments, but at the same time, he's a great route runner, and he is able to find the seams of the defense. And as you remember last week, Coach Houston uh, certainly warned us about him and saying how good he is because he recruited him when, uh, when Coach was at James Madison. He went to West Virginia, and he was a productive uh, receiver at West Virginia. I got a couple of pretty good years there, and now here he is at Old Dominion where he's really the featured guy. So, you know, it's a combination of things. I know they've gone back to the drawing board this week, Clip, and, and they're trying to uh, correct some of those mistakes in the secondary, and I'm sure they will for the game coming up this Saturday. Yeah, eight two hundred three uh, touchdowns for Jennings. He was a one-man show, really impressive on Saturday. Campbell up next, Jeff. We talked to Chris Haymeyer voice of the fighting camels who you know very well uh yesterday on the show and he said when campbell wins on saturday out of respect to you he's not going to say painted orange so uh chris is, <laughs> chris is talking a big game ahead of this one voice if you see him you need to to let him know who's the boston town here in greenville okay yeah well i will see him and i did a podcast with uh, <laughs> with chris earlier this week but i'll tell you one thing about this campbell team clip they are huge yeah <laughs> They're one of the biggest football teams I think I've ever seen. And people will say Campbell and FCS and Big South and all that. Well, look at the sizes of these guys. I mean, those tackles are like 365 and 355 and 6'7 and 6'8. And then they've got a lot of experience, too. They've got a lot of graduate guys, you know, fifth-year guys on this team. And a lot of transfers. they got transfers on this team from Power 5 programs. Uh, it's just hard for me being around here as long as I have clipped to even think about Campbell having football and having a football program yeah. because for years, you know, East Carolina played Campbell in basketball and they did not have football, but uh, here they are and they're doing a nice job with their program. And Mike Mitter, I've never heard anybody have a bad word to say about Mike Mitter, including my partner on the broadcast, Kevin Monroe, who was in, the Panthers camp as an undrafted free agent when Mike Minter was a big star with the Panthers. And, and Kevin said he was so gracious with his time. And he was uh, teaching all the rookies, you know, all the ins and outs of playing in the secondary. And I just hear so many good things about Mike Minter. And I just think he's doing a great job at Campbell. And I think they're exceeding expectations. They're going into the CAA next year. And they went up to William and Mary last week, and William and Mary's a very good football program, very good team, number twenty in the FCS poll last week, and they were right there with them, had a chance to win. So, 
Hats off to Campbell. They're going to bring a good football team in here on Saturday. Looking forward to seeing what happens. Our pregame coverage begins 2 o'clock. We'll talk to Jeff Charles on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We enjoy our hour with Jeff when uh, East Carolina's playing at home. We'll do that again on Saturday. Of course, the UB Pirate Preview coming up Friday at noon, hosted by the voice Jeff Charles as well. And Jeff, uh, seeing if the Pirates can get to 2-1 and one on the year and uh, get ready for Navy the following Saturday. We always appreciate your time, Jeff, and uh, we'll see you this weekend. We'll see you Friday at noon at uh, UBE. Yeah, absolutely. Junior Smith is scheduled to be our all right. guest, the all-time leading rusher in the history of Pirate football. Always good to see Junior, and so we'll uh, welcome all the Pirate fans down to UBE at noon on Friday. Enjoy the clip as always. Thank you, voice. Jeff Charles joining us on this Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Jeff there. On the Pitt Electric Live line, Junior Smith coming up, former East Carolina coach and, of course, awesome running back for East Carolina. Going to join Jeff on the program to talk about a couple of awesome running backs that are currently playing for ECU. We'll talk uh, Keaton Mitchell, Rajay Harris, and, hey, maybe a little Marlon Gunn with our next guest, Patrick Mason, when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you, Braves and Giants locked up at 1. On the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Back to back home runs for the Mariners. Maybe back to back to back. They lead the Padres 3 0. Julio hit another one for Seattle. And uh, let's just say the White Sox are playing too. And we'll leave it at that. On the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. And did you say during during the last break that you wanted to open up the Rage Room? Yeah, I do have a mini Rage I want to get to. And. We're going to ask Patrick about the White Sox and Iowa, so I figured we'll it'd be a rage. good time to open up the Anger Management Rage Room. All right, sounds uh, good. When we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years, and it's your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for all the boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Let's welcome in Patrick Mason joining us to the program from the Daily Reflector. How are you doing today, Patrick? Pretty good. How's it going? Good. It's Victory Wednesday. Your Bears win, Commanders win, Dolphins win. Have the Panthers won yet? Oh, and one. New. They nope. still haven't won a game. It's win like... When are they going to win one? Yeah, we were supposed to have a rematch last night, and it got delayed. It got it delayed. Got, it got yeah. canceled. Bad weather. I hear they play bad weather games in Chicago. They do. It's not a problem for you guys, right, Patrick? <laughs> uh, but, Patrick, there is a lot to complain about, and there's a lot to rage about. So, Shirley, if you could hit the music real quick. Let's open up a quick edition of the Anger Management Rage Room. Is work making you furious? Are the kids making your blood boil, Patrick? <laughs> They, they certainly can. Does your ex have you seeing red? 
Are you stalking your ex's Facebook, Patrick? No, I got blocked. <laughs> hey, you're an honest man. Uh, there's a way to release that anger, and it's right here in Greenville. Let your next therapy session be at Anger Management Rage Room, Greenville's premier rage room. You can smash, bash, destroy objects in a design rage room that gives you the ability to vent in a nice, harmless, legal way, and you stay out of trouble in the outside world. For more information, check out Anger Management's website, angermgmtnc.com. Angermgmtnc.com. Book your therapy session today. I wanted to bring this up, and believe it or not, it's not even uh, football related. It is basketball related. And I saw a tweet, and it I, I, the, the smoke was coming out of my ears. I've been okay I wouldn't say okay. I have gone along with all these changes. NIL, portal, conference realignment. I don't like it, but I'm like, all right, whatever. I love sports. I love games. I love talking about them. I like picking them. I like discussing them. So whatever you do, I, I'm a sucker. I'm on board. I'll I'll join the circus and wa- I'll watch your sport. But man, they are trying. They are trying to push me over the edge. They are trying to get me to not like sports anymore. (laughs) And the one way you could do that is mess with the most perfect thing that there is in sports, and that is the NCAA basketball tournament. You want to piss off everybody, myself included? You want to get people to stop watching the product? Change the most perfect thing, the most pure thing going. I know it's not pure. Everything's sponsored, and after games, you have to have the right water and the right Right. soda and the right... So, I get it. It's all that crap made for TV. But we still have that 14-3 upset, the 15-2. We had the 16-1. There will be another one in our lifetime. Or will there? I don't know. Maybe that was history. But, man, that's what we love about March Madness. And then at the end of it, it all corrects itself, and the big boys are playing for the championship. But for that one weekend... The little guy has his say, and it is magical. Well, now discussions are being had. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey has uh, talked with major college sports stakeholders and the willingness to uh, consider changing the NCAA tournament. It's just discussions now, but discussions lead to changes. And the discussion is, should the tournament stay as it is? or change to a 68-team at-large format, where now you're taking the top 68 rather than those conference tournament qualifiers that get in, which is what makes it so special. I've already got some bones to pick with the tournament, including having the first four in Dayton and making conference champions play in that tournament. That is stupid. Conference champions should play on Thursday and Friday, at-larges should play in Dayton for the first four. But you know what? Whatever. I still watch it. It's fine. But if you take away the little guy, the David, and just throw Goliath, and even crap Goliath, who wants to see the 12th best ACC team instead of Long Island? I don't. I don't care. I don't want to see that. Say, Keep it for the little guy. The big boys went out at the end. If they change this, it will be a huge, huge mistake. Huge mistake. And it will make me rage. This is a pre-rage. This isn't even a real rage. But that's my rage. (laughs) The rage before the rage. Exactly. 
Chandler, yeah. you got anything today? I actually do have something. I was on TikTok the other day, came across this video of someone eating while they were telling a story. And I was like, there's something about this video that is really just getting on my nerves really bad. And I went to the comments, and there it was. The people spoke for me. The person eating was scraping their teeth as they were eating with the fork. So it was, make, oh, it, so it, so it was making that sound. Just like, why can't it, someone eat like a normal person? The person was literally taking their teeth, biting down the fork, and scraping the food off the fork. And it was basically equivalent to... You know, nails on a chalkboard. Oh, uh, that, that's terrible. But I hate to do this and top you, but why are you watching it? They were telling a story. I wanted to hear the story. <laughs> what was the story about? It was uh, I can't even remember. But <laughs> on TikTok, there's a lot of stories about how there was an interaction in a grocery store or something right. like this. So. I guess I like just don't watch it though. Yeah, just read. You know, read read words I write. Yeah. But <laughs> go to reflector.com for once in your life, kid. Nah, I mean, it gave me something to rage about in the anger management. But man, line. the the teeth fork, there's like the nails chalkboard thing. There's there's just some but, man. Well, and, and you know what? You're right. I, I I shouldn't have to watch it if I don't like it. But there is, you know, pe- I've been around people that eat like that. And hey, look, we eat on our uh, watch alongs live streams, and yeah. it's probably unpleasant. But look, we're hungry, and if you want to tune out during that time, that's fine come back and join us but i mean it's not very pleasant to hear us our fat ass is smacking up here probably oh absolutely not all right uh shirley any rages today yes happened to me today right here on uh what is that reed circle in evan street right up here uh you know you have the two lane road and then the left hand lane turns into a uh, turn lane right before you get to the stoplight Mm -hmm. if you are coming from uh 10th street Folks, if I am in the right-hand lane and you are driving and all of a sudden you realize, oops, I'm not supposed to be in this lane if I would like to continue going forward instead of turning left, do not cut me off. And better yet, don't even bother turning your turn signal on. Stop. Just stop and wait until I go by. (laughs) Because for God's sakes, if one more person pops out in front of me like that, it's just not going to be pretty. All right. Stop. And I'm going to keep it short and simple because I am so sick of that. Because here's the thing. If I'm in the right-hand short lane, I have the right of way. You are running out of road, so to speak. You, you must wait to merge. You have no wait. road. You have no merge. Yeah, you have no road. You must stop. Or you can go left. Doesn't matter to me. I don't really care. Just stay out of my lane. <laughs> All right. Uh, Patrick. Iowa sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a White couple Sox different sucks. ways to go. Obviously, Iowa, White Sox. <laughs> but I'm gonna kind of stay on brand here. I, it happened to me today too. We had to do a, a Zoom call today with you know like 100 plus people. And my goodness, the people who do not know how to use Zoom, like the mute function. Oh, by yeah. now, I mean we're what two years into this thing. Yeah. I mean it is it's insane. You know, people talking and you know dogs barking, lawnmowers <laughs> going. I mean it is it's just brutal. I mean just getting people on the same page. I mean it. It drives me nuts. Oh, Patrick, <laughs> calm down, man. Jeez. We like Magic to see, is, we like to see Patrick yeah. fired up, right? Oh, he's yeah. so fired up right now. Yeah. It took all my power just not to scream into the, my own mic. And just... When's the last time you raised your voice, would you say? Uh, it happens sometimes. I honestly probably watching White Sox baseball. but Right. A sporting event. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm pretty, pretty even. Pretty even. I do. So that you ever raise your voice at your dog to like, stop? Yeah, I got one about? dog. Like If he sees something move outside, he's barking at it. You know, He's got to let him know he's there. 
Um, but usually I'm pretty pretty even, but some yeah. things just drive me up a wall. I knew Patrick had a dog. You know why? He's got that dog in him. He's got that That's dog right. in him. That's right. He's got that dog in him. Did you ever get in a fight like when you were growing up? Probably, yeah, when I was younger. I like haven't a gotten in a fight, fight in a long time. Mm-hmm. Really? It's actually... So... Uh, my younger brother was getting bullied on the bus and my mom i was like in a different school at this point i'm maybe a couple years older than my brother and uh she made me go out to the bus stop and meet my brother there and i had to rumble with this kid who was giving him problems <laughs> so and did I your wanna... mom order you to fight she did she said that hey, is go awesome. she said go out there and solve this and i'm like i'm a little skinny kid i'm like oh man i gotta rumble with this guy but you know we, we got it done and uh it, it was settled <laughs> don't mess with the masons that's uh, right people forget uh anthony mason actually your older brother too yeah we we claim all the professional masons <laughs> all right uh desmond mason Derek was a mason. guard Derek mason was a great uh receiver trey mason right. trey mason running back uh, chad moore on twitter says here's a rage people who drive with one foot out of the window or passengers <laughs> who uh put their feet on the dashboard are out the window your feet go on the floor okay here, uh, there's a rage against our uh, against our very own Stephen Igo and us. <laughs> I saw that by Mike P. Uh, no. Oh no, not Mike P. I'm sorry. It was uh, Mr. Juan. Juan, I don't have it pulled up. Pull it up. Oh, here it is. Uh, my anger management rage room submission is when Pirate Radio and Stephen Igo don't set up their cameras to keep the backdrop in the frame. That's, <laughs> that's pretty fair. good. Pretty. That, that's good. Pretty good rage there. Yeah. Uh, of course, Igo uses an excuse. At Pirate Radio, we say, you know what? You're right. We'll do better. Igo says, I'll set it up better as soon as we have the money to buy a legit video camera. What does the <laughs> camera have to do with it? I don't know. Igo, man. Hey, Mr. Excuses is what I call him. <laughs> I hope he comes on the show. We've been bashing him all day. I hope he's not listening. He might not show up. Uh, let's take a break real quick. That's the Anger Management Rage Room. Uh, we'll talk some pirate football and more with Patrick Mason when we return after these words. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 59,000 followers today. Now, let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, welcome back to the show, Shirley Rhodes, Patrick Mason, and uh, Chandler. I don't know if I should call you a rat or a coward. I heard what you just said. What to, to Stephen? You said I've been talking junk. I, I, but but Clip, have I, I not said that I can? I can't talk about. I can't talk trash. Clip, Clip's having a field day. You just wait till you get. He in there. heard it. He's heard it. There I, is no ratting out if he's heard it. So have you been talking junk? He he addressed it. Am I supposed to lie? Because I'm not a liar. You you lied to him. What did I say? You said I hadn't been talking junk, but Clip's having a field day. I haven't. I can't talk junk. I even said that earlier. I said I don't have room God. to talk. All right, fine. You hadn't been saying anything. And that is the truth. Okay, fine, fine. Patrick, we're out of time. Thanks Mom for hanging out. Mom and Dad out. are fighting. I don't like it. <laughs> Look, we got to get back on Patrick's level. Yeah, man. we did. That's not we, fun. We, we got to get back on Patrick. <laughs> Patrick, uh, 
pirates how, how long can you hang out with us ah, for a little while all right you, can you join us on august first segment yeah all right because we got to take another break but i'll get your solo thoughts here <laughs> it's up to you i'm just saying we hadn't had a lot i went kind of along with jeff we had the anger management we hadn't had patrick time today you know that's right we gotta have patrick time <laughs> yeah just next thing's up is practice so. I, you know what i was actually gonna say i feel like patrick's segments are always so fast i feel like he's in here and he's out of here he's in and out man all gotta, business <laughs> all business uh no i did want to talk about iowa like is it heaven no it's hell not, not this season is this hell <laughs> uh did you see and i didn't get this at first the cameos uh-huh so they, yeah they were trolling the offensive coordinator brian ferentz <laughs> <laughs> who is the son of the head coach kirk, kirk ferentz, yeah. yes uh, and uh I don't, I, it's hard to even get into but if you're into it uh it was bob stoops and then uh fran right yeah uh, yeah the basketball McCaffrey. Uh-huh. yeah uh somebody paid them to unknowingly talk junk about the offensive coordinator of iowa right they just gave him a name and say this kid's brian. name is brian and <laughs> <laughs> hey brian and it's really funny it was really well done so if you're interested in that sort of thing you can go uh seek it out and find it but uh yeah so they scored seven the unorthodox way and a win over south dakota state and then they scored seven the traditional way they scored a touchdown like two minutes into the game against their rival iowa state and then didn't score the rest of the game right it was really bad i don't know how that's possible in 2022 but good grief uh and kirk ferentz is 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 almost a a kind of guy now that can write his own ticket say when he's done because he's won so much and has been there so long he is he the longest tenured he is coach yeah he's been there like 24 years or something like that um do you think that's how he goes out does he call his own shot is it like a four step down or you know i'm not really worried about kirk i I wouldn't think um i'm just i think the problem is that it's his son who's the offensive coordinator because i think anyone else in that position gets gets fired or at least some sort of change just you know a change in title <laughs> it's 2022 they're scoring right. seven a game right it's really bad it is awful so <laughs> i think but, they have the worst offense in the country like yards per game wise i would think so with those uh with the numbers they are not putting up right now uh so there is that uh anything on the white Sox before we move on uh, i mean they're playing well now but i think it's just coming way too late because the yeah. guardians aren't losing and i think they're going to be four games back at this point with like 19 games left yeah it's it's not great the cleveland guardians yeah i mean they're they're a good team they, they just don't make mistakes they don't beat themselves we did watch uh after you left last week which i think the white Sox came back and beat the mariners that day we were watching it but man you said something about their defense and i go and i were watching it they do just play some lackadaisical sloppy defense it's yep. kind of gross to watch yeah it's just the team just going through the motions and i mean like i said they're playing good now but it's just way too late uh we were talking uh my rage was about the ncaa tournament and greg sankey and talking about potentially making it all at larges and uh mike p says st peter's beats kentucky and the sec wants to change everything this stinks more like sec commissioner greg stanky hey got him well done mike p uh let's get a break in patrick you're welcome to hang out and talk football with us i go and i uh we need to take a break though Patrick, you have the honor of listening to the famous Igo song. Yeah, we got to play the Igo intro song. Good news, it is in uh, double speed, so we'll get through it kind of fast. 
Uh, Steven Igo, hoist the colors. I've been waiting to talk Broncos football with Igo since Monday night. Uh, we'll do that. We'll give out some ECU awards and more when we return. Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Lathan, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. Uh, First Bank, together with their customers, are creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, back with you three deep. I swear I'm not trolling Patrick Mason. Like, I want you to talk. I want to get your thoughts. But I feel like you've just been kind of sitting here and we've been doing all the talking. But it is what it is. You're more of a writer anyway. That's right. Maybe you should write. Could you write a transcript of our show every day? Oh, no, no. <laughs> All the money. That is the worst part about the job. I go, do you still do that? Oh, before he talks. Steven, do you uh, do you transcribe the press conference? I uh, Malcolm used to do that back the in the day. The press conference, like on Monday or uh, Tuesday, Tuesday now. Um, no, I, I use the transcript that ECU Pirates uses. Yeah. One, I think one of their guys under Malcolm Boy, does it now. That is a thankless job. I do it post-game. You transcribe the whole a, thing. It takes me at least an hour. Yeah. yeah. You transcribe a lot, too, before you write. Man. Mm-hmm. It, ta- it takes a long time. Yeah, it's the worst. Speaking of taking a long time and the worst, let's get to Igo's intro. Yeah. Just, uh, we just skip it. Hit it straight. No, we can't oh, skip it. We got to be out of here by 535. Okay, we will. It's a fast version. Right. Igo, Igo, he's the one you know. I tell you, put the pep in the stack. Igo, 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 he's the boomer's bro. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. He's gonna end the show. It's only like two I go, and a half minutes. I go, I go, I go, I go. Sped up. How much? I how go, long is this? I go, I go, I go, I go. I'm sitting right here, bro. Shirley, how long is this file? I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. This song continues to grow. I go, I go, I go, a minute and a half. I go. Can we just get back to the show? Yeah. A minute and a half left. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. It's just Michael Rashko. <laughs> I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Dave Gorin wants to coach Mo. Here's that guy that hits home runs. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. I go, I go, I go, I go. We should have court The Mariners oh. play every Wednesday afternoon. Cause I like, go, it's I like go, every time I I'm go, here, I there's go. a game on. Hello. I love the Marinoa. Marinero jerseys. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't even know they were wearing that. Marinero. <laughs> I go, I go, I go, I go. Sounds like I a new Oreo. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. He's back in studio. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. CJ, you're up. I'll take kind of from. This is a great idea, I swear. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Came up with it. Now it's just like, why are we wasting I go, time on this? I go, 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 I'll just do this week's live on the show. All right. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go, 
¿Dónde está el baño? All right, we're almost at the end. I go, I go, I go, I go. This is normal I go. speed. Should we say something about the Broncos? What about Gino? That's poor. I go, I go, <laughs> I, like go I go, I go. Didn't even rhyme. You did. I Bronco, Gino. I go, Gino. That doesn't rhyme at all. I go, I go, Gino. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I say it does. Yes. Since Gino was my idea. It's a half half rhyme. Gino oh, Smith, no. uh, he's surprisingly old. He's if like you in his 30s. rank your quarterbacks, I go starters. Where's Gino Smith? Thirty second. <laughs> <laughs> and he did throw for like five yards in the second half when it mattered. All right, I, look. I mean, we got to talk about the end and the end of the Mariners Braves. Yeah, that was a great, <laughs> great ending on Sunday to that series. The Braves kept coming back and the Mariners kept winning. Was it what, the epic game? Was that Saturday or Sunday? Uh, that was Sunday. Yeah. Brave score. It was six to two Mariners going to the ninth. Brave scored five. Your boy Michael Harris hit a three-run bomb. Money he scored Mike. all five with two outs, and then Robbie Grossman, Grossman hit a bomb to give him a one-run lead. Then Julio took Jansen deep to tie it. Then uh, A. Eugenio Suarez walked it off. What if Nathaniel Hackett was coaching the Mariners that day? What do you think he would have done in the ninth inning? He probably would have played for the tie. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe put Julio into pitch. Yeah. Maybe uh, settle. Probably just do take sign all inning and see if he could walk a run in. Look, that guy sucks. I made a joke early in the game that Vic Fangio is on the hot seat because it just looked like the same Broncos from last year to me. They got all this talent. They didn't throw the ball to Cortland Sutton at all, all game. He had like five catches for 80 yards, didn't he? All coming in the fourth quarter if he did. He was. A he had a one. He had a 30-yard catch in the second quarter. <laughs> Fine. I mean, if you're gonna come with the juice, now you're right. I should make your facts right. I should bring facts. Um, the whole fumble at the one thing was kind of hilarious because yeah, everybody called for Javante Williams and then he did <laughs> it after Gordon. Of course, he ran into his offensive lineman as soon as he got the uh, the handoff. But that last minute was the uh, that was just a coach in his first game freaking out. I think Look, there's man. no way that was the plan. I mean, I'm. I'm already past it. I'm, I know you are. I'm on to the Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it was it was the I've seen a lot of dumb stuff in sports in my brief life. That's getting a lot older. Um, but that was by far the dumbest. Yeah. Like I mean, you've got a fifty million dollar quarterback you just traded for. That was his moment. He's playing on the field. He's done this a million times. On that exact field. On that exact field, like that's his moment. Like let him win or lose in that moment. And fourth and five, you know, the the odds speak for themselves. If you convert it there at the minute to go, then you're in field goal range. Like max range is not ideal to be in when you have a minute left in the game. You don't just settle for oh, you know, sixty four is his max range on the left hash. Let's try and <laughs> the the funniest part is and honestly I, I just kinda laugh at it now. But like they had the broadcast view of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman talking, and they were like breaking down what Russell Wilson was going to do on fourth down. And they pan, they go back to the field, and McManus is just like kicking the ball. Like there's no awareness from the announcing crew that they're attempting a field goal. And like, oh, they're going to go with McManus here. And luckily, they called timeout to ice him because I would have lost my mind if they just like panned from that to, hey, here's McManus with the game winner. I watched the uh, Manning cast and Peyton Manning. Somebody uh, watched the video back. Apparently, he called timeout like 64 times. Peyton Manning <laughs> did. 
somebody made a good point too that like Peyton if think about it if Peyton were the quarterback and that was his situation he yeah. would have called time right. out like yeah. he would not have deferred to the coaches and you know I guess like if you're Russell Wilson you just go with what the coaches say but like at the same time like man you're the guy like Nathaniel Hackett is not the guy who's going to win Denver Super Bowl it's going to be Russell Wilson so he should have just like went on his own and been like no like we're calling a timeout and then dealt with the that would have been interesting after. yeah I mean the good news is the Broncos are going to be better as the season goes <laughs> along but with all the um the fall the uh delay of games and like freaking out towards the end of the play clock it just felt like it felt like a first year head coach and a rookie quarterback but it was a new quarterback in a new system and on a new team in, in a Seattle. wild environment i mean yeah uh the broncos podcast listened to they brought up a good stat like teams that did not play their quarterback at all in the preseason i think went one and eight against teams that did play their quarterback and like a lot of that to me is like you said, new operation, new coach. Hackett is the head coach. This is his first time calling plays as a head coach. You got a new quarterback. You're in the loudest place in, the, in probably the NFL. You can't just roll out there and be like, "All right, well, we're just going to figure this out on the fly." And so, like, I think that had a lot to do with it. But they still doubled up Seattle in yardage. They fumbled twice on the one. They had a first and goal from the three. Cortland Sutton, your boy, false started on a play that didn't even involve him. Like they just made so many dumb mistakes. They had like thirteen penalties. They gave the Seahawks seven first downs on penalties. Yeah. Which is just that's Seahawks like are gonna down. be yeah. bad. I think Denver's gonna be good, but that's one of those week one deals, kinda like Niners. Niners. The Bears. And maybe you guys are living on a highlight for week one, right? Maybe now. Washington, yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah. Which I don't think Jacksonville's gonna be that good, but I don't think Washington's that great either. Who's got better odds of making the playoffs? The commanders or the Bears? Commanders, honestly, probably the, the Commanders. The Bears are the one of the worst teams in the NFL. But suppose, okay, if, imagine if they somehow get the Packers, they're going to beat the two. I'm not going to imagine. Hold on, that. hold on. If they if they do that, they're going to beat the two. What NFC? What two of the four favorites to make it out of the NFC this year? Packers. Niners, imagine. Packers. I'm not saying it's going to happen. No, but, no, you're right. But imagine I have a horn coming out of my head. And then I grow horse legs, and I turn into a unicorn. You'd ruin that hat with that horn. That'd be unfortunate. <laughs> I do have to say, I like the... I didn't think I would like the Commander's Unis, and I kind of did. At least the road unis week one. I thought the whites were going to be my least favorite, and I liked them. I liked the, the them helmet. I like the helmet a lot, too, the W. Speaking of. But Dude, enjoy I, your moment in the sun, because you guys are looking at, at best, 9-8. and eight. I like the best receiving core in the league with uh, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and Terry <laughs> Yeah, McCall. Curtis Samuel will tear his hamstring by the third week of the season. My dad was kind of gassing me up, and I'm sure it was tongue-in-cheek, but he sent me a text Sunday and said, best receiving core in the league. And my response was, they got potential to be up there, but Curtis Samuel will get hurt in practice this week. So I said the exact same to him you said to me. I mean, he's always hurt. I did see Tony Dungy tweeting about how good Jahan Dotson was. He Tony was, Dunn or Tony Dungy? Dungy. <laughs> Tony Dungy was like, I take back what I said about Jahan Dotson. Like, he looks like the best rookie receiver. I hate to use this stupid phrase, especially for the second time on the show, and I, I use it sarcastically, but he, he's got the dog in him. You used it the first time for good reason, though. He's different. Like He's got the dog. I've just seen so many Washington receivers who play for themselves, prima donna receivers. Terry McLaurin, dog. Big team guy. And Jahan Dotson, big team guy, like so like mature. Like I love those dudes. I love them. I'm excited. Anyway, 
Kenny Curling says his anger management rage room today is he has to listen to the damn intro Igo song from Greenville to Blunt's Creek. Let him talk sports. <laughs> I hate that intro. I'm with you, Kenny. Yep, but Kenny, we're obligated to do it. We said we were going to run that intro until one of us passes on. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was definitely something to hear it live. And, and sometimes look, I'll turn it on in the car, and this was this is a whole nother. It's experience. a different experience being in the studio for it. it I was. can make it warp speed to where it would last like 20 seconds. So we'll end up just doing that eventually. But we got to keep playing it. We have as long as you it. slow it down for the new. Yeah, the we'll new we'll phrase, do the new one, and we'll speed up the rest, and it'll be fine. All right, uh, let's get what y'all got to leave at five thirty-five at least. Yeah, soon. Do you need to leave now, Patrick? You can. I'm gonna take a break. Yeah, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you did adios. Help. This is one of your better appearances, I think. You think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just glad I got the rage at the start. That of was good. Let that out. And you were saying, you know, not talk. I, you know, everyone had to, you know, vent a little bit. Yeah, let it out, man. That's right. And uh, head over to the rage room if you can't get it all out and. Uh, and beat up something let's take a break we'll come back i go we'll uh we'll give out some awards for week two and briefly discuss campbell as well when we return on pirate radio live after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit KineticPTGreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Flip Rock. All right, we're talking Pirate Football with Stephen Igo, but before we do, I forgot to do this. Thank you for reminding me, Tony Dunn. Um, Shirley, hit the question that Igo had the audacity to ask Jack Powers. You mentioned the 49ers. What happened on Sunday to him? That was tough. <laughs> How are you going to laugh at another man's team after what happened to your team? I was not laughing. I was just asking a question with a chuckle. I There's heard a, a chuckle. I wasn't going, ha ha, what happened to the 49ers on Sunday? <laughs> I wish Jack knew what I know and said, I mean, that would have been fine. We could have just both laughed in misery. <laughs> Man, it's got to suck to be on. It's got to suck to be the commanders. and <laughs> No, it doesn't. Wow, you're 1-0. Enjoy your one, your one game winning streak. Man, we got By one. the end of the year, the Broncos <laughs> and Niners will certainly be ahead of the commanders. The Panthers might be. Fine. The Dolphins will be. Great. So enjoy your moment in the sun. I am. Who do y'all play this weekend? The Lions. Wow, you're going to be 2-0. and Or y'all could lose to the Lions and it'd be the laughing stock of the NFL. The Lions are favored. That's, <laughs> the Lions are definitely winning that football game. I know. I've already – I know. We stink in Detroit. We stink a lot of places, but we stink in Detroit. I mean, you're going to lose to the worst team. That is why I'm getting it in now, okay? Let me have it. At least the Cowboys are going to be bad for a while. Now that <laughs> is a beautiful thing. That's a, That's got an extra pep in my step. 
Stephen, offensive MVP from East Carolina's victory over Old Dominion. A lot of nominees. I'm going to give it to... And I, well, I, I want everybody to talk, but can I give two, my two runners-up? I mean, I guess. My two runners-up are Jalen Johnson and my guy, Raji Harris. I'm going Keaton Mitchell with the 81-yarder. Jalen Johnson for me. I mean, he's just six catch or uh, nine catches for 93. We knew he could be a solid piece, but I mean, he showed he could be like a number one go to guy in that game. Chandler, do you have an offensive MVP for East Carolina? I'm going to go Jalen Johnson, uh, nine receptions. Johnson. Uh, Johnson. So give me Jalen Johnson. Defensive MVP. Watching the game live, I wanted to say. And this is hard to do. Uh, I go. I talked to Jeff Charles earlier and asked him, you know, do we have a star on this defense, or is it a collection of good football players? I think it's the latter. I think right? Yeah, I don't really see a star right now. I didn't which know isn't a bad thing. Who to give this to? You, you'll have a better answer than me. Watching it live, I thought I saw, and the stats don't really say this at all, but I was going to say Elijah Morris because he uh, he did have half a sack he was credited for mm-hmm. and just seemed like he was uh having his way down there and and only giving up 15 yards rushing and all that i'm going to give the d-line credit uh it turns out there's another guy who had a, ha- a sack and a half and uh another player who chandler might say had a sack as well i'll just go morris it's a a defense with a lot of good players and i'll give it to him this week yeah, Elijah Morris, I mean, he definitely was a solid player. The whole D-line played well. He was actually included on my stock up three players, standout players from the game. All right. um, so I, he also caught my attention, did really well against the run, playing nose tackle with Deontay Johnson out. So um, Elijah Morris, definitely a candidate. You know, I thought the safeties played really well. Most of the blown coverages were uh, on the corners just from rewatching the game. Um and so I'm going to go with Julius Wood as my MVP. He got the pick. He also played a really solid all-around game. All right. Uh, Who did you think I was going to say? Uh, your guy. Jairo Wilson. No, see, this is the problem. You got too many guys. How many guys do you have? Your media day Jairo guy. Jairo Wilson's my top-notch guy. Your media day guy. Media day guy, yeah, Emmanuel Hickman. <laughs> I'll go with him. He had a sack yeah. in the game. Uh, I like this, I go. It says it's BR up. Which is a breakup, break but it's, it looks like bird up. Bird up. And let's get to our bird up player of the game. Who made a, a play that uh, <clears throat> stood out that was not an MVP? I'm going to go with the guy that I go just said, Julius Wood, getting an interception. It's kind of lame, but okay. Uh, Rajay Harris, for me, the shovel pass. Mm. It wasn't the cleanest play in the world. He had to like kind of fight forward goal line reach like that was that was and a bird was third down yeah too, third right? down like that's a bird up play to me like when you're just like surging forward i, I take mine back i for some reason i was still on the defensive side of the ball i'll go keaton mitchell's 81 yard run i'll go good. isaiah winstead i just like when he makes plays there was the one where he just got up he had and, one down the sideline that was yeah. disgusting i know and he just gets up and he's like i know i did that because <laughs> that is what i do like those are the things that i do I, I put on this uniform, I go out on the football field, and I do this. That's and your I, guy. I, I just, I, man. Which now I'm starting to have too many guys. Rajay's my guy, but I, my guy. I I bought stock in Isaiah early on. Maybe later than a few. I bought stock in Isaiah before I actually saw him catch a pass in practice or a game or anything. 
but uh, i think isaiah winstead's been my pick for this maybe the last couple weeks or he was on my list last week best unit i go d line best units uh you can go d line that's fine i'll go d line i'm going to running backs oh man i mean yeah. keaton rajay marlon gunn getting in on the action yeah oh dang bird up marlon gunn bird up nominee uh best unit Chandler. i'm gonna go receivers i still like the distribution i do too there. i like it a lot worst unit uh special teams I mean, field, <laughs> again field goal protection trying to block I mean, a man to be quite honest to uh, get a kickoff but one time they just let a guy go free the other time the interior guard got just pancaked by two guys and just got it you just can't have two pats blocked in a season let alone a game like it's just the issue so we had punt block week one mm-hmm. two a missed extra point missed field goal week two two blocked extra points Owen oh, Daffer made how many field goals? He went two for two. All right. So, and then the punting has just been not great. You know, kind of less than forty yards. Yeah. So, like, it just needs to be better. I mean, he is fifty years old. Give <laughs> <laughs> the man a break. It, somebody asked me if his legs are wearing down, and I guess they were being serious. No, mate. Like Xavier not. Smith, yeah, always talks about how old he is now and how it takes his body longer to recover. I mean, just think about what Luke Larson's going through right now how about kickoff returns any uh did that look any better to you i guess i feel like he was keaton uh, had one good one I yeah mean, he had almost, one for 27 and he almost and I, broke it and i also feel like he was you know he was going a lot faster whenever on his initial takeoff too where last week it seemed like he was waiting a little too long to find some holes and get his blockers set up but yeah i thought i thought there was some improvement there in the return game for he's him. gonna hit one this year right oh, oh for I'm, sure no no doubt i mean he, he could be this week. he made that one guy miss he was gone it could easily be this week by the way mike minner said uh on his press conference he had some amazing quotes by the way he referred to campbell as the division two school and he um he said first of all we have to make sure number two stays on the sideline fastest man in college football okay this dude is fast <laughs> And then he went on to talk about him. So we'll have to get that audio for uh tomorrow. But uh how about uh Campbell Igo? What uh over under one and a half quarterbacks play against Campbell? I should go two and a half. Yeah, almost. I think over. I think they'll get two in. I mean, I think honestly Campbell is a solid team. Like they've they're very veteran. They got a good quarterback, they got a solid offensive line. So like they're not ECU's not just gonna be able to be able to go out there and dominate the game like some people probably think they will well we've rated these fcs teams before when they're on the schedule james madison really good oh yeah for sure uh a and t kind of middle yeah. like decent probably, not probably great similar to campbell in terms of talent so campbell's there uh charleston southern kind of caught us off right yeah they, they were, were not supposed to they were not good. supposed to be that good they were yeah. probably a step below campbell or similar to campbell but who else norfolk state did we norfolk play them? state they kinda were on the schedule not great not great uh, so Campbell's middle, middle to yeah, good. Yeah, I mean it's just if ECU goes out there, turns the ball over four times. Like they they got enough playmakers where you know they can make plays and be in the game. I mean it's just there's such a drop off in terms of depth. But I mean you look at kind of every unit on their team. They've got a quarterback. They got a veteran running back. A couple of solid O linemen that can play at the FBS level. A good receiver, defensive end. They got the player of the year in their conference. So I mean it's just going to be. Not easy. All right. We got to make picks. We got a minute. One minute. All right. Let's do it. ECU, I made up my own line minus 30 against Campbell. That's what the actual line is. I'm going. Um, Good at that. 
I'm going ECU. I think they win like 42 to 10. I've picked against East Carolina both weeks, and they've covered both weeks. So just for ECU's sake, I'm picking Campbell this week. Maryland, I try. Uh, here's our AAC game: Maryland at home minus three and a half against SMU. Interesting game. I'm going. With, I'm going Maryland. I'm going Tua's brother in Maryland myself. NC State minus ten at home against Texas State. Tech. Me too. Only Texas Tech Texas is that Tech good. Coming off an emotional win. Yep. Where State had a week to prepare. Lost. Oregon minus three and a half against BYU. Where at? At Oregon. BYU. Uh, I don't. I mean, Oregon got blasted by Georgia. I know. Uh, I'll take BYU and. I love Texas A and M minus five and a half against Miami. Is it in College Station? It is. Yeah, A and M. All right, picks are in. Thanks, Argo. What did we do last week? Oh, sorry. Uh, for the year, you're three and six. I'm two and seven. Off to a good start. Last week, uh, we had a push in the stupid Texas Tech Houston game. I lost Pitt by a half point. You won that. So anyway, you're uh, three and six. I'm two and seven on the year. Not great. Experts experts see ya steve take a time out as we do shirley let's open up the booty bag here on a wednesday kenny curlings has a bold prediction pirates throw a shutout i'm down with it that'll be the first time since i don't know don't bring it up if you don't know because I, I don't know i don't have that information on me I should, but I don't. Uh, what color are we looking for, Shirley? Color 10. And they will be receiving what? A shrimp taco lunch, courtesy of Chico's. Oh, I had lunch there today. The ACP was delish. All right, shrimp taco can be yours. Great camera work, Chandler. Just want to say you're doing a great job. We'll be back with more after this. What are you shaking your head at me for? What do you get? You, what? Because I go was sitting over there and he literally just and he nothing. just left. You're just let me alone. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to Jay Searles of Winterville. Picked up a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's. And enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more, plus ice cold cervezas. And Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Ron. All right. I want to commend you guys and gals for uh, doing a good job with the likes today. Make sure you get the subscribes up as well on YouTube. Uh, just so we're updated here on our my guys list my guys are rajay harris and isaiah winstead chandler your guys are uh two on the defensive side yeah i'm gonna go on the defensive side emmanuel hickman and man i love jyra wilson and shirley left i was gonna ask if she had guys oh, sorry. And, and then and i was gonna play the jyra wilson interview 
<laughs> so give me one second, Shirley. Um, Do you have guys, Shirley, that we need to know about or right now? My guy is going to be C.J. Johnson. That's your guy? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, where I'm not talking fantasy picks. We're talking about guys. Just your guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> C.J. Johnson. Johnson? Johnson? I need, Johnson? I need a, uh, a guy on the defensive side. I will make that announcement after Saturday's game. Oh, I've got all the defensive side is Miles Berry. Yeah, that's a good guy. I could see you being an Xavier guy. I am. An, I, I am. I like them all. I do. I do. I like, like I like Xavier. You can't like both. I'm going to have an honorable mention Julius Wood. <laughs> no, he's just got too many guys. Just too many guys. What does that say about this team, though? We like them all, man. We like our guys. Oh, well, if I have an honorable mention, it's Tegan Wilk. <laughs> we're just gonna name the whole roster i was thinking elijah morris as my guy but again i will announce my defensive guy after week three uh but chandler's guy jira wilson talked to the media yesterday let's hear that conversation Shirley. well jira you guys get your your first win this past saturday how, how good did it feel to get that first one i felt good obviously every win feels good it felt good to get in the win column um hopefully we, we can look forward to uh piling those up these following the next couple of weeks Coach Houston said, you know, he was, I don't know, frustrated the right word, but some of the, the, the cheap touchdowns he said you guys gave up on the back end. Is that a good thing to have those problems after a win versus a loss to, to fix? I mean, obviously, yeah, I would say it's better after a win uh, to have given those up, but obviously that's not something we want to put out there. It was a lot of uh, mistakes that was really on our part as to why a lot of those plays were just pretty much wide open touchdowns. Is it a good, I mean, when you watch that on film, though, is it good to be able to say, hey, we won by 18, but we can still be, I guess, a much better team? Yeah, exactly. that's exactly pretty much how we looked at it. We know we gave up some cheap plays, and we feel as if that game should have been like more like a 50-7 to win instead of 39-21 uh, like it was. What have you seen out of Chandra coming in with your group, Chandra Nims? Oh, like through camp or just since just he was playing? General. Yeah, uh, Chandra, he... He's pretty much what been what I've, what I've expected. I've known him for a few years now, like since before he came here. But I knew he was a great pass rusher and played hard. And so some of the plays he made uh, this past Saturday doesn't surprise me. Can you talk about some of those, like, you know, just broken plays? Is that just talking more or communicating? Is it kind of that stuff that needs to be cleaned up or how? You know, like when, when you look at that on tape, is that something you say, hey, if we just talk about this, we can figure it out? Yeah, pretty much that's what it is. Just, uh, Communicating across the back end, like from safety to corner, just making sure everybody's hearing each other so that when we're doing like switching routes or whatever we have to do, that everybody hears each other and we're on the same page so players aren't running free. Campbell this week, and they obviously have a dynamic quarterback. What, what challenges does a mobile quarterback like that kind of create? I'm going to create a challenge. You create the challenge of you have to be more disciplined within your pass rush lanes. You can't leave too many gaps, can't get too far up the field. And as far as for the, uh, the the back end of the defense, you just have to stay disciplined and guard your receivers until the end of the whistle. Even as the quarterback scrambles, you have to find a guy, match him, plaster him. If you're in zone, get deep when he scrambles, stay in your zone. Just little things like that, stay disciplined. How's the mood in the locker room after getting this first win? Has it changed a little bit since the first week? Oh yeah, it's definitely a, a brighter mood around the locker room with finally uh, getting in the win column. Especially getting the first one, it just always feels good during a long season. So, like I said, hopefully we can build on this win and uh, keep going. Does last year's Charleston Southern game, does that serve as a reminder that you can't take anybody lightly or do y'all not even think about that? 
I mean, it does. It serves as a reminder, like, no matter who comes in here, you have to take every opponent uh, seriously because it is college ball. Everybody can play. So you do have to take the same approach to every game pretty much, yeah. Last weekend, the run defense was really good. Does that take a little pressure off you guys in the back end when you know this, the opposing team's got really one-dimensional? Uh, yes, it does because, like, as a safety, you, you don't feel like you have to be – like as fast coming and fit the run and stuff like that, knowing that the front seven is is handling their business, it's like, it allows you to uh, relax a little bit and be able to play run run or play pass first, then come down for the run when you need to. We talked in the preseason about you playing some more safety. So how, how do you feel like that's gone? You know, through the first two games for you. I feel like it's gone well. It's pretty it's pretty natural for me because that's what I played through all throughout high school. My first few years here, first few years here. So it's been pretty natural to me. I feel good back there. I'm comfortable. That pick against NC State, what was that that feeling like when you, you know, potentially make a game-changing play in, in crunch time in the fourth quarter? It felt good. I was I was in shock because I I looked up and the ball was coming. I was like, oh, this is real. It just it felt surreal. I made the play. I was able to get put us in good field position and celebrate after. It felt great. I was happy that I was able to, like you said, at the time make a game-changing play. We didn't get the win, but it was still a big play for us. I'm going to ask your high school past couple of weeks. Uh, just any thoughts on the stuff that happened and down down and back home? Oh, you talking about what you're oh yeah. Um, that's it's kind of sad. I was sad to hear that that happened. I didn't think that wasn't something I really expected to like wake up to or get a call about. But yeah, I just hope like everybody back home uh, can stay safe. Um, hope the kids can are back in. Well, I know they're back in school now, so hopefully kids are. Feeling safe, maybe there's more protocols being put in, like just with like more protocols, better procedures with kids, so they can feel more comfortable while at school. Because I heard it was a freshman who like just started high school, like his fourth day of high school, and he lost his life. So that's um, sad to hear. Mature young man, Jair Wilson, there uh, talking football and uh, and real world issues as well, and. Uh, has been uh, great this year, along with Gerard Stringer. And you got so many guys you can plug in right now with this East Carolina defense, which gets back to uh, something we talked about with Jeff and I go earlier. This is a defense without stars, and I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean that there's a lot of good football players, and maybe somebody will rise. You know, Jeff says if Jeremy Lewis can start getting to the quarterback, rack up those sacks, maybe he's the star on this defense. Maybe. Malik Fleming is the next Jaquan McMillan and becomes a star. Maybe it's one of those safeties, Wood or Wilk. Uh, the linebackers in the middle. Uh, does does X take over? I don't know. I, I just think there's so many options. That's a good thing to have right now, just all these guys playing at a uh, pretty high level at the moment. And a guy that we've heard all offseason uh, and, and leading up until – uh, the first game against NC State, and a guy that I think we might see this weekend and make plays is a pre-Washington that I don't – have we even seen him yet? If so, I feel like he hasn't really done a lot, but uh, I'm very excited about to throw him in the mix of talent on this defensive side of the ball. Speaking of guys we hadn't seen, flipping over to the offensive side, welcome back Josiah Hatfield to the fun. First week back. And uh, I expect him to have – he brings speed. I'm going to say three for 50 on Saturday. How's that sound? I'm, you know what? I'll go uh, I'll go four catches, but I'll go just a little shy of you. I'll go 44. All right. Who's the leading receiver on Saturday? Saturday. So um, far, it's been C.J. Johnson. 
uh, and Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Do we have another Johnson on the roster? Uh, <laughs> ben, you, ben Johnson. Who are you going to say? Um, Isaiah Winstead. What if he has a few of those deep balls where he the Guagis? Where he goes up and gets it. Um, First Isaiah Winstead touchdown coming this Saturday. Maybe folks. I'll say six for one eighteen for Isaiah, and maybe a touchdown. And, I, and a first, his first touchdown as a pirate. I like it. All right, let's uh, take our final break. We'll come back, get ready to tie a bow on this Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was a better day for the stock market today. The Dow rose 30 points, closed out at 31,135. NASDAQ was up 86 at 11,719. And the S&P was up 13 at 3,946. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors stock market report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Uh, White Sox blinked by the Rockies today, 3-0. Astros beat the Tigers 2-1. Guardians keep winning in the al central uh the angels have clinched another year with no postseason despite having mike trout and shohei otani uh indians or excuse me guardians beat the angels five to three uh the braves are losing to the giants four to one in the seventh and i still have the tv on the mariners who continue to drop bombs they have four singles today against the padres they have three home runs and it is six to nil six nothing mariners over the Padres on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Later tonight, uh, Orioles still trying to have a miracle finish here and make the playoffs. They take on the Nationals here on Pirate Radio. So if you can't watch it, no problem. It'll be right here for you on Pirate Radio. And the Cardinals are in action tonight at home against the Brewers. couple of things here. Adam Wainwright and Yadi Molina will set the record for most games started uh, by a battery uh, crew, uh, pitcher-catcher. So Wainwright and Molina will set that record. And surely, why is that relevant to Pirate fans uh, that the Cardinals are playing tonight? Uh, Mr. Alec Burleson is playing right field tonight. In the lineup. So Mm -hmm. uh, Alec Burleson. And I wonder if Cliff and company are still up there. I don't know. That was cool to see them up that there. Was they were cool there last yeah. night. Yeah. Maybe they hung around for one more, and they'll get to see them start tonight. That would be cool. Cliff. And to, to see a little bit of history in terms of bit. baseball, because I don't think wow, that— you just went a little bit and in terms of— A little bit in of. terms of. In terms of. <laughs> wow. Because that battery may not—that record may not be broken again. Yeah, that's pretty impressive uh, for, all, for those guys to play that long together. And I want to make this public. It's official for the second straight— game yours truly and clip brock will be in daddy ficklin stadium watching the pirates play you're gonna learn more about campbell on saturday aren't you boom bingo well done shirley way to wrap it up thanks for tuning in today we're back with you thursday on pirate radio live kevin monroe will join us 
Troy D will be here. We'll sprinkle in a little Mully, perhaps a uh, big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, and maybe, just maybe, first time uh, post-surgery, Tony Collins might be joining us as well. So we'll have a big show for you on Thursday. A lot of audio, too. You can see the video of Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell. Tonight on social media, we'll have the audio for you on Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.